0: I think even the fact he's making these homemade porn videos fits in with that serial killer trophy-taking mindset.
1: Way, way to kill boners, there, Erica.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <Studio. laughs>
3: Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it.
4: It seems to be a sudden general explosion of.
2: Kid, murder, vampirism, cannibalism, mutilation. Sometimes,
5: I'm not one to badmouth anyone. Your joke was amusing. But come on, man. You had one fatal flaw bateman is
6: such a dork such a boring spineless lightweight now if you said bryce or mcdermott otherwise it was amusing now if you'll excuse me i really must be going
7: (laughs) wait um stop i did it
5: i killed him
8: i'm patrick 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 bateman hi i'm candy the final girl I have to return some videotapes.
5: And I'm Sean of the Dead. Hey, I'm a child of divorce. Give me a break.
8: <laughs> and this is The House That Screams. Tonight we will be talking about the infamous 2000 film American Psycho starring Christian Bale. And we're, we've we been waiting for this one for a long time. We've got some special guests. Uh, we'll go with them first. Uh, we've got Jenna Fryer.
4: Hello, I am Jenna Fryer, but not if you want to keep your Uh,
8: We have uh, also another returning guest Ian Horst from Behind the Screams Hey there
9: guys Uh, I have one question for you Do you like Huey Lewis in the News?
8: (laughs) 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 And we have the rest of the House of Screams family We've got Dave Gurman
3: Will you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs
8: (laughs) (laughs) Rob, the cinema drunkie Antiquetta
1: Do you know how bad you smell? You
6: reek of shit.
8: (laughs) You nice.
6: I dissect girls and I'm utterly insane.
8: (laughs) Mac, the old star. In in the morning,
7: when my face is feeling a little puffy, I'll put a little ice on it while doing my crunches. I can do a thousand.
8: (laughs) (laughs) And
0: Erica writes. You're a fucking ugly bitch, I want to stab you to death and play with your blood. Ah! Yes. <laughs> yes. So awesome. I, really,
1: I really wanted that one, but uh, Erica picked the first. <laughs> that was so, the one uh, that I wanted too. Like, we all just let Erica have that
0: one.
8: Yeah. But, so. uh, but I was the <laughs> pick pickup line ever.
1: Yeah, but I was I was fine with the one I picked because I find that one hilarious.
5: Yeah. Well, you know, yes. Rob it it made me think of another one I was going to pick was uh, get a goddamn job, Al. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
9: yeah. I was actually going to go it. with the entire quote from that set sentence where he goes and explains everything about Huey Lewis and news, but I thought I might just want to hold it too long. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah.
8: know, when we did Return of Living Dead, I did the entire seed except for getting naked with trash and spider. We did the back and forth of yeah. that. I did the, I dressed up like trash and everything, yeah. So you know it's okay to do long monologues. We we encourage this. But yeah, let's start off this conversation. And I, of course, I am taking it over. Um, I want to address the 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 big thing that we need to address first, which is Brett Easton Ellis. When this book came out, American Psycho, it was scandalous. They uh there was all this uh you know just horrible like you know scandal all over the news and people were you know when they had it in bookstores it was encased in plastic and you know the feminists were against it and all this stuff you were talking about it being misogynistic whatever so it was sensationalized now I'm going to say something as a student of literature this was my major um and what I have studied I think Brett Easton Ellis is a shit writer and everybody's like oh but this book is brilliant I think it works his writing style works for this book but even that, it's so fucking tedious. And they're like, well, that's the point. I'm like, have you read any of his other works? Because they're all like this. Because he's know. not a good writer. He's got great ideas, and they make wonderful films. But his books are shit. He cannot write. Thank you. Mic drop. Okay. Uh, Rob, I think you were first.
5: <laughs> no, Sean was coming ahead of
2: me.
8: Okay. Sean so wanted
5: to it. All right. Um, so, yeah, Brett Easton Ellis. Um, I actually kind of went backwards um, I really got into uh, Chuck Palahniuk and oh, yeah. you know, author of Fight Club. Um, and he is kind of like a, a prodigy of Brett Easton Ellis, Ira um, Levin, you know, a, a whole slew of different writers. And so after reading Chuck Palahniuk, I went back and, and read American Psycho. Now, I had seen the film probably a hundred times uh, before I read the book. <laughs> and the book is enjoyable to a point but it is like overly written like there is so much in it that there it's one of those things where when you see the movie before you read the book the the, the parts from the movie that show up in the book are awesome but then all of the other stuff like there's so much more in the book than there is in the film there's a lot more death. He yeah. kills a kid. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of shit that they Mutilation. could not have put into a film. Mm-hmm. Cannibalism, you know, all this stuff. Um, but, yeah, <sighs> Bredyston Ellis is difficult to read. And I'll just leave it at that.
8: Well, <laughs> well said. Uh, Rob, you were next.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to touch back on the the, the way you said the, the book uh, being scandalous when released is like, the movie kind of in itself was scandalous as well when they were talking about especially when uh, it got out that uh, they were trying to get Leonardo DiCaprio to play um, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And I remember that, that was have a been
1: great, that was a uh, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm not, yeah. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm Leo is a fucking amazing actor, but uh, I can't see anybody other than uh, Christian Bale as Patrick sure, yeah, he, he, he absolutely Imagination, man. I mean, you could, but you know, I don't He's want just,
8: to. I like yeah. it how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh
1: I remember that just being like all all like, you know, I used to watch fucking entertainment tonight and uh, <laughs> and Hollywood, yeah. And that's all they I... fucking talked about was American Psycho and Leo getting cast and like, oh, is he gonna do it? Is he not gonna do it? And all that shit. And I liked uh when doing research and how um Christian Bale was originally cast before that, when uh Mary Hammond was uh on the project. And then Lionsgate decided to offer um, Leo said, We're gonna make him offer and she said, You fucking do that. I'm walking off this motherfucker. Don't try me. And they did, and she walked <laughs> the fuck off. You know what I'm saying? And like they it went back and forth until, you know, Leo said, Fuck this, I'm out of here. And then they went back to Mary, and then she went back to Christian. And then that we have the beautiful movie now that we have in front of us. So yeah. there you go. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: Uh, Jenna. Um uh- I thought that it was interesting that um, feminists. I I just to be clear, I have not read the book or anything. <laughs> I'm just it's okay. It. Um, but I thought it was interesting that feminists were uh, mad about this film, as you said, because it was the screenplay was written by two women and it was directed by a woman, and it 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 really. When I found that out, I'm like, okay, I can actually see that because it's kind of like a woman like looking in on kind of like a man's world. <laughs> yeah. So oh,
1: also also uh, not to not to cut in like that, but um one of the biggest uh, detractors against the the book and the movie was uh I forget her name, but she ended up being Christian Bale's stepmother, and there was a rumor that he accepted
8: the role. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, there was a rumor that he accepted the role to get on her nerves. Because she like, was the purpose- a well
8: known feminist.
1: Yeah, you know. and he ex- yeah he accepted the role to purposefully piss her off. He denies <laughs> this though, but the, I I just think that's kind of funny. <laughs> I,
2: <think that's-> <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs>
8: um, Ian.
9: Yeah, I just thought I wanted to take it back a little bit to you know you were speaking about you know reading the book. I'm not really one who my brain doesn't really work in the way, like, when I'm reading books, I I find it so difficult to maintain focus, like, and that's why, one of the reasons why movies are such a big thing for me, because I I need visuals, it's just the way my brain works, but normally, like, if there's a book that I'm wanting to read, like, I can sort of sit and force my way through it, it took me possibly ten attempts to fully read this book, just because of how tediously written it is at certain points, you know, there's and I, and I get people who say well that's the point that's the point and for me it's just the prime example of well not everything that's on screen is always going to transfer into a good book or vice versa and yeah this was just such a difficult read for me so when I saw the movie because so I'd read the book before I saw the movie I was really really late coming to this movie um, so when I finally saw the movie and I was like oh that's what all the fuss is about you know because I just didn't get it from the book
8: yeah and um understandable you know but i gotta tell you uh the rest of his books are exactly like that so the people that argue that this book is art the way that it's written i'm like it's just how he fucking writes okay mm-hmm. it's tedious it's anyway
0: uh nico
6: i think erica was first
0: oh okay i'm sorry uh, erica yeah, either way so yeah i, I also did so the there. entire book um before seeing the movie I was so pumped for the movie. I'm like, I'm going to read this whole damn book. It was like, Oh my God. So, um, I found the violence extremely sickening in the novel. Like it was just, and I like, I like torture porny stuff. So, I mean, it, for me to be yeah. like, Oh, this is way over the line is saying something, but, but yeah, the, um, the pages and pages where he's not talking about terrible stuff he's doing to people, but he's, cataloging each and every event and each and every interaction with other people based on the designer clothing that someone's wearing or where they got their haircut and what food they're eating. Um, that is some difficult, boring shit to read. Um, and the movie <laughs> yeah. like you could without, make your
8: boy in like one chapter doing that and then maybe cut it back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the fact that the movie captures his obsession with those things without it becoming boring. Yes. Um, But um, I do kind of want to bring up, because I'm a former uh, psychology and behavioral science student, unless we want to bring up psychology later. Uh, Um, I do
8: have that in my notes.
0: Yeah, I love Eric Fromm. So um, my favorite book of his is The Anatomy of Human Destructiveness, which came out, I think, in 1975. Back in 1947, he developed. Some theories of personality that um, were different than one of his heroes, Sigmund Freud, came up with. One of those that was different than Freud's theories was what he called a marketing orientation of personality. And Fromm said that this is a uniquely uh, unique phenomenon to industrial uh, capitalist societies like it did not exist in previous centuries, according to his research but that's basically a personality type where you see yourself and everyone around you as commodities and you're constantly marketing yourself and trying to project an image so you can be successful. So it's like, that's the whole book and all the characters in the book. Um, not just Bateman, but everyone around him, they are, they get their sense of value from, you know, do I have a nice apartment? Do I have clothes that are better than this other person? <laughs> My business card is nicest. Uh, You have a competitor's business card. Um, So I thought that was like a really useful lens for looking at this character in both the book and the film. And I have to also mention, speaking of marketing personality, while it's just like a throwaway line or two in the film, Donald Trump is an important figure who's mentioned in the book like at least 15 times that Bateman idolizes Donald Trump because back then he was just a signifier of, he was like a poor man's idea of what a rich person's like basically. Um, right. And Bateman was always trying to get invited to Trump's Christmas parties and yacht parties and never being invited. And then uh, like walking, walking past Trump tower and looking up at the tower with longing and just <laughs> feeling kind of sad that his life's not quite that cool. So, anyway, slight tangent, just had to get that out there. Fuck Donald Trump. No, it's like, an
2: important
5: Fuck tangent. Yeah. Oh, Impeach twice.
2: Impeach twice. Impeach no. twice. Bitch ass. Bitch ass. No
6: longer president. Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, so, wait, but before I actually, like, go into my, my little figure I just had a question for those that, that read the, the novel. Isn't it true there's a scene where, like, he kills somebody, like, with a rat or something?
0: Yes. Oh, my God, yes disturbing as Yeah,
8: a rat. But yeah. yeah there is some, There's some shit in there, but I mean, it's just, if you want to pile through that thing, you know, Godspeed. I, I've done my, last time I tried to reread it, which was probably about a year ago, I was like, fuck this book. It is literally <laughs> the, it, Fight Club is the antithesis of this book. And that's what I like about it because you know it talks about how our belongings own us, and it was the freedom of that. But anyway, um, that's the connection between Chuck Palahniuk and Brad Snell, as I like to point out. Go so
6: I'm 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 in the minority. I guess well I guess I'm with everybody else that that didn't read this before the movie came out. I kind of just uh, stumbled on this. Like I think it was on late night on HBO one night the first time I saw it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I why why am I rooting for this fucking smug prick through the entire movie? He's he's such a like a bastard and he's like everything that I hate in real life. But I, I can't help but root for this guy because he's so goddamn likable. That's 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 the sad thing, is like by being so unlikable, he's actually likable. If, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Um, no, I, one, I one thing I, and one thing I thought was interesting was that Christian Bale um, actually persuaded Ewan McGregor to not take the role because yeah, Ewan McGregor yeah. was almost uh, um, Patrick Bateman. Um, that that being said, um, and this is going to be kind of tied in with this, when they were announcing that Christian Bale was going to be the new Batman when when the Christopher Nolan movies were coming out, it was because of American Psycho that I was all in on him as playing Batman because I knew he, he was basically like like a fucked up Bruce Wayne, like, like a coke cult- bruce wayne in american psycho minus you know like the actual conscience and you know hero complex yeah. um but like you know seeing how he portrayed patrick bateman like through all phases of you know his his day in the life of that that we got to see i i felt comfortable enough to know that he was gonna be a good batman and i mean mm-hmm. i guess i could speak for myself he's not the best batman that's still michael keaton but he's yes. definitely second he's definitely second as yes. far as you know the, the visual, you know, oh, medium. I mean, Kevin... Right. I, w- I would say it's Keaton and, and Bale are the, are the top, even though his his Batman voice kind of sucks, and it sounds like he's got to take a shit really bad. Half the yeah. time... it's um, not it it <laughs> it
2: like he's
6: battling through cancer, dude. Right. <laughs> like... Yeah like who did this you know (laughs) where are they (laughs) right that being said um, you know I I think Christian Bale's got to be commended royally for how well he he played this character like he definitely went all out for this and it's but I I mean the fact that he's fucking doing crunches to Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great, yeah. and he's going
6: like fucking like ham. He's going fucking ham on those crunches yeah. <laughs> while fucking Sally's running for her life, and text, and and Leatherface is doing his his chainsaw dance.
8: Yeah.
6: So you know, it's just, it's just Christian Bell, man. He's the man. Yeah, yeah.
8: And my ham was up next, so I'm just gonna throw something out there, and we will revisit this. So I want you to think about this as we discuss the film, and the question is this. Uh, there's a lot of theories out there, but do you think that Bateman actually killed the people? Or yes. do you think... Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about that in a minute after we're done. Okay? And think about it. Do you think that he actually killed them, or do you think it's all in his head? So we'll talk about that he at the them. end. We'll talk about it at the end. <laughs> Rob your
2: ground. We're
6: going to
8: start talking about the film. Um, uh,
4: Jenna, were you next? Or who was next? Yeah, Jenna. Jenna quick quick. Um, you know, I think the reason why uh, Christian Bale like talk like this a uh, lot like throughout the whole uh, Batman is because he has a little bit of a lisp, and it was mm. really noticeable in the first one. And then the second uh, movie is when he really overdoes this voice, <laughs> and I think he's <laughs> to overcompensate for that lisp.
6: <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of weird when he does it. Like, remember when he when he goes to the building as Bruce Wayne? And he's not dressed as Batman, and it's, like, daytime, and, like, the, the the hostages are tied up, and he does the voice, and you actually see his face. It was, like, it's kind of like seeing, like, when Trey Parker does uh, Cartman, like, in Basketball. Like, it kind of takes away, like, some of the magic, and it doesn't look as, like, cool when you can actually see them doing the voices. Like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true.
8: Um, Ian?
9: Yeah, I just I I kinda like to take it all back a little bit to what Nico was saying there about the whole sort of attitude of Patrick. You know, he has this whole sort of I'm better than you and you know it sort of attitude and he plays it so well as well that it's it almost becomes an endearing attitude, like it almost endears him to you, you know? It's it's so bizarre, it's like that juxtaposition.
8: Like an Uh,
9: anti-hero. Yeah, definitely. And then um as we're speaking about, you know, his voice and his voice in Batman. And of course, in this movie, because Christian Bale is Welsh, so he put on his American accent even whilst not filming, while the film wasn't rolling in this, to the point where the other cast didn't even know that he was Welsh and they just assumed that he was American. So when it got to like the after party or whatever it was, he spoke in his normal accent and they all thought he was putting that on for another role. When
5: it was his <laughs> Um, shot of the day Um, so you know I just want to take it back uh, I think it was what Rob had mentioned about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio almost having the role Um, Oliver Stone almost directed this film yeah and Cronenberg almost directed this film yeah Yeah. Cronenberg Mm
8: -hmm. almost did it now
5: an Oliver Stone film I I can almost see Mm yeah but like what
8: do we he did with natural born killers.
5: Right. Yeah. But Cronenberg wanted to do this, but he didn't want to do any of the nightclub scenes, and he didn't want to do any of the violence. Like, now, could could you imagine the, how the this fuck? film would have turned out without the nightclubs or the violence? And if I may
8: interject, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they already played down the violence quite a bit.
5: Right. Yeah. You
8: know what I mean? Like, so it, can you imagine no violence? Like, what the fuck? We need something to have a movie here.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Kotlerberg yeah, so kind I, of turned into a dick. In the yeah, movie. yeah, but <laughs> yeah,
8: uh, kind of agree. Huh?
5: But I just I, I wanted to throw out because we were talking about Christian Bale, and you know how he went to you know this this movie like like made him a feature film star, yeah. and if anybody here has seen The Machinist, oh yeah,
2: oh, hmm?
8: yes, oh, yeah.
5: like the wow. shit that he went that he put his body oh. through for
6: that film,
8: I had nightmares.
6: Yeah.
5: yeah holy shit
6: yeah but he's one actor like he goes to extremes to like change his body depending on the role like remember yeah. Ameri- which and yeah. i love and it's such an american hustle which is such an underrated movie and i love that movie like yeah. he gained all that weight just yeah. for the role and then when he yeah. got buffed to to be batman right after or, or whatever yeah. it was and, and then he got skinny again for uh, for the fighter look, looking like a fucking crackhead with marky mark you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like the, the guy is very committed to his to his roles Dude, yeah. look at him. Jared at, Leto, Jared Leto
8: look, does the same.
6: Dude, dude, look at him in Vice and shit. All that yeah. fucking way
1: he gained to play Dick Cheney. Even yeah, the motherfuckers, a yeah. madman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: his metabolism is screwed for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You're not I'm sure. That. That's why when Jared Meadows. Oh, like, I'll take
2: you. his uh, he, he, he,
1: he, I, I, I was wondering which uh, was going to point
5: that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm he a said,
4: I can't help it.
5: He, he said for me. the, for the machinist that. that he had uh, he only ate an apple and a can of tuna a day and, and a bottle enjoyed, of water, and he enjoyed it. Because he was, like, euphoric because mm-hmm. his body was going through such a fucking transition that he was, like, practically fucking
3: hallucinating.
8: It's, it's what happens to you when you have anorexia. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I do know about that. Um, Dave, we haven't heard from you. Let's...
3: Well, we were talking about the uh, the different um, directors who initially were going to take this on. It's interesting to think about what it might have looked like under either one of them, Cronenberg or Stone. But I read something looking at the film that apparently it was uh, – being considered for a possibility of a, a, a series on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I had the to letters? look that up again to make sure I read that right. I'm just trying to wonder what would that have looked like? Someone wanted Awful. to.
2: Explain
3: yeah. What would that, like how did that even get past some boardroom suggestion? Yeah. that, that that's, I just found that amusing that how this would have been a series. Like,
5: well, I, when we talked about evil dead and we talked about evil dead, the musical, like
3: yeah. I <laughs> would
5: love to see this on Broadway.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, hope I, I, mean I can see that working. He in. has to sing like the fucking. But Huey Lewis maybe not be okay with it. But yeah, you know, but it could be like songs.
5: a like kind of a new wave like you know Hit Broadway play. Like yeah. think think Hamilton, but new a designer wave. Broadway
8: play. It's designer
2: <laughs>
8: actually. Sponsored by Gucci. <laughs> yeah.
6: yeah, but they they have to do the, the he has to fucking do the the, the Patrick Bateman dance.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. No, I, I wanted to actually go back to something that Nico was talking about, at the, where he's so unlikable, he's likable, and you actually end up rooting for him. And it's like it, it, it is true, like because he's he's a just a fucking psychopath, but he's just so damn like just eccentric that you he can't <laughs> help but just like you know the way he like like it's funny. Like I noticed. Because uh, I, I did a rewatch for this, you know, for the purposes of this discussion. And uh, the way he just loses control when he gets shown up. And obviously, it leads, it leads him to kill somebody. It leads him to kill somebody because, you know, he, he just feels that, you know, taken aback by, like, somebody showing him up that he has to show his superiority by killing someone he feels beneath him, you know, lower class. And I just found that, like, disturbing but hilarious, you know, especially when he kills mm-hmm. the bum in the alleyway, you know. Good.
8: interesting it, 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 social commentary
1: yeah yeah definitely but um i also wanted to say nico it's a, I, I agree with you i knew he would be a great batman but that was due to his performance in equilibrium shout out to equilibrium mm-hmm. i fucking i fucking love that For movie me, yeah. no, 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 I, velvet, uh, velvet goldmine yeah.
8: if you haven't it's like an indie okay. film velvet goldmine. yes that's my fucking <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time him Jonathan Rhys meyers and um Fucking Neil McGregor
6: yeah. that is one of my favorite movies ever. That's how yeah, that I, always I don't think of... Who, uh, who I think he's actually like, best friends with, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah that, that movie's yeah, cool. But, yeah, but yes. Yeah. yeah, that movie's cool, though. No, but Equilibrium bad fucking ass. rules. So I fucking love it. Yeah. But like, I was thinking, I was taking, while we were watching this, I was taken back to like uh, when um, I remember watching uh, The House That Jack Built for the first time. And I was like, this is very pre House That Jack Built. <laughs> where it's just like the guy's a fucking psychopath, but you you, you kind of want him to get away because you know he's just like in the house that Jack built where he keeps going back into the house to walk because he thinks he left a speck of blood. And he just keeps going back there. He should have gotten away fucking twenty minutes ago, but he keeps going back because it's like, did I forget did I forget this blood? Maybe some blood got under the carpet. Let me go back and clean the whole fucking house
2: again. <laughs> you know?
1: And it kind of reminds me like later, like, like when uh, Patrick goes on his killing spree, and he's killing the fucking cops. He tries to feed the, the cat to the ATM. And, <laughs> and he kills the old lady, in the security guard, and he just confesses you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh my god, what the fuck is-? this is basically it, by that point it's just pure madcap comedy, you know, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm just saying they're finding it so fucking hilarious and I'm just like, yeah, this is this is basically, uh, Lars Von Trier is basically ripping off American Psycho out of the jackboot by that point.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: felt that vibe too, honestly.
6: Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, Nico.
6: So I kind of got to bring it, you know, it's a little like like nerd side here, but, you know, who would have thought <laughs> 20, 21 years later at this point now that this movie would have some more roots into comic book, you know, films where Batman kills the Joker. <laughs> while- yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Batman kills the Joker and Green Goblin is the one that's investigating the murder. <laughs> <Yes>. exactly, <yeah. laughs> you know, that's, that. that's one. Two, um, to go back to what Erica was saying, like the fact that like he's so obsessed with, you know, being better than everybody else you know it's like like the scene with the with the business cards it's almost like a fucking like a right it's like a it's like a big dick like like pissing contest to see
8: you know right and then
6: (laughs) and then and then then honestly i mean you know if everybody was paying attention to the movie he tells reese witherspoon in the fucking restaurant it's about fitting in i want to fit in
2: Mm -hmm.
6: that's that's basically what it is is that he wants to have like that status of being, like, not just better than anybody else, but, like, far superior to everybody else. And, and you know, to build on what I was saying earlier, and what Rob is also saying, you want to see him actually succeed. Like, he's so bad, he's good. Yeah. Like, he's almost like he's almost he's like an anti-hero. Yes, right. an anti-hero.
2: Right. He's good at
6: being bad, and he's almost like an anti-hero. Right. You know, he's somebody that, like, the audience can really, like, I don't want to say identify with, but they can kind of, like, go on this journey and be like, all right, this guy's a total piece of to shit, but I'm enjoying watching him go through this whole fucking like journey through this movie.
1: And I yeah. kind of identify with him a little bit, you know, with the fact that like he's listening to bit. his music and they keep, a a, and, bit. Yeah, j- just a little bit. When like, no, when he's listening to his music and they keep fucking disturbing him, he's like, what? Right.
2: Like, I'm trying, to,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to listen to my jam here. Shut the fuck up. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying?
8: That's me as well. I, oh, I that's definitely me.
1: That. If I'm listening well, to music. If I'm listening to music and you're talking to me, I'm just like, if you don't get the fuck away from me, man. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're I'm right. Just, I'm trying to listen to George Michael. Shut
6: up. <laughs> <laughs> me, meanwhile, prince. me and Candy me, me, me and Candy it'd be, it'd be Prince. i trying to listen to Prince. I've just turned the
8: song over
1: now. Thanks. Alright, I'll be father. over here listening to the father figure for like the hundredth time. <laughs> <laughs> and every no father figure. And every and every
8: mind.
1: and everything she wants, I'll be
7: also jamming to that one too. I love uh, that. Matt. Oh, hey, what's up? So, um. What's up? for me, like, I saw this uh, movie probably around the time it came out, in the 2000s. I didn't know there was a book involved with it. And I thought at the time, like, yo, how fucked up am I that I'm, like, literally laughing through this. This movie, like, is one of my favorites. But it's not because it's gory or scary. It's because of how crazy my man Bale is. And it's like... <laughs> Yo, no one else sees how crazy. So, for me, it, it sold it with the card scene. When my man tried to stunt him, pulled out his card, like, yo, check it out. Look at that. And then everyone came around with it. And it was like, ah, oh, man, let's see the other, other, other guy's card. They're looking at his card. My man kills him later on that night. <laughs> like, that's how crazy it was. That Fuck your his card. card. Yo. That <laughs> night that he went and killed him that night. Bro, and he practically killed the bum that night, like, the yeah, first
1: person was yeah. the card. Dude, he practically had a fucking aneurysm while looking at that card. Over he was just, card. <laughs> like, you're
8: sweating. He's like, I yeah. <laughs> <good."> <laughs> I sport. Sport. He I
2: says,
8: Mike, <laughs> did that. Like, <laughs>
7: that. I felt like, like that was a
3: legit thing.
6: But a You know what, that's something that's... I'm sorry, go ahead, Jenna.
4: i sorry. I just wanted to say real quick, um, in that scene, um, the noise that the card makes when it came out. Yeah, they used, um, yeah like a samurai sword. So, so. <laughs> the thing I always notice and like
8: it sounds brutal, it sounds dangerous when they whip up those cards. Like you know, it's like, okay, we're gonna fuck around now. Okay, who wants to play? <laughs> no, you, you, <laughs>
1: know, in, in, you, why, you know why. You oh, know why? Because right. because a sword is a weapon and for most men a weapon is an
6: extension of their dicks. So there you go right there. So and that's we're the talking energy. like power
8: hungry Wall Street guys. But who has the better but, but to cards. kind of
6: build on what Mac is saying, Mac, like I, I, you know what though? But I can kind of see what Max saying about like the whole thing where like, like when we were kids, like if remember we used to collect what Garbage Pail Kids or like even like whether it was baseball yeah. cards or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if yeah. your friend got one that you like and you both opened at the same time and your friend got oh, yeah. that one that you really wanted, you became
2: Patrick <laughs> Bateman <laughs> in that my moment boy, as a kid, honest to you. I mean, yeah. I mean you might not gonna
6: kill him. You might you might you might go flatten his fucking tires on his bike or something or like maybe try to like, you know, type know that, that shit when he's not looking look but I, I
8: thought unhealthy thoughts <laughs> like, oh god, I'm so jealous or whatever. But that's all it went for me. I'm not a violent person. Well, well, both. Like, oh. guys are
6: different, though. But guys are different. Like we would fucking like probably either throw down or whatever.
2: And we'll we'll be cool right after. Penis, but, yeah.
6: You know. No, me, me and Mac used to have that. that Charizard. No,
1: no, me and Mac used <laughs> to have that. Like when, when one of us seen a, a movie before the other and shit. Like, uh, like yeah. I <laughs> see Broken Arrow. Him though, he was always the one <laughs> before, my, before me. So, <laughs> like, I see Broken. Yeah. broken Son of a bitch. I wanted to see that. <laughs>
0: uh, Erica. <laughs> yeah, so um, on the topic of uh, Bateman always uh, measuring himself against other people and uh, sort of things that signify you know, whether he's feeling powerful in a certain social situation or not, I remember reading years ago that his tie color. Uh, Signifies his state of mind in a lot of these scenes. If he's wearing a red tie, that signifies that he's feeling powerful and in control of things. If he's feeling like he's lost control or he feels inferior to another character, he's usually wearing a yellow tie. Yeah. That's just an interesting little. um, There's a lot of neat
8: little theories like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, also, you know, it's like his voice and his cadence changes. Like when he's talking with peers that he likes relatively well or or his inner monologue versus when he's talking to someone that he just despises like paul allen or the <laughs> homeless guy that he kills like when he's talking down to people that he hates he sounds like a game show host
2: yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's 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 getting
0: overly, creepy overly expressive up and down and you know like, <laughs> and,
4: and that that's voice like,
0: that fu- fucking smug ass yeah, voice we're, any other scene, he's just like relatively monotone, but it's it's interesting how he talks differently to people based on uh, his opinion of them. So mm-hmm. that was just another little symbolic thing that I noticed.
3: <laughs> uh, Dave. Uh, what struck me about this uh, movie, and today is the first time I've watched this movie in a long time, how all, um, the main characters that surround him, they all look exactly alike. And that's yes. sort of, this, so this movie's yeah. Take place in '87, and we were referencing back to his obsession with Donald Trump, which I apparently in the book is much more pronounced. But in the movie, yes. they made at least three or four references to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I, in '87, that was when Donald Trump was at the height of his mm-hmm. sort of his, his character. He was portraying all substance, all you know. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. Trump States, Trump airline, Trump you know water, Trump yeah. whatever. And the, and all these guys are all about <laughs> their what they're <laughs> the front. And nothing about what's actually done. And I think that's why he can get away with it when he gets away with it for so long. Because no one cares what's behind that facade. They only care yeah. about, you know, the cardstock that your business card is on, whether or not mm-hmm. it has a watermark. And yeah. even the, the the what he said about the music, which is some of the most entertaining stuff in the movie, is when he's going on <laughs> bands when he's getting ready to kill somebody. <laughs> he's just regurgitating what he read from a movie, a, a music review. He
8: exactly. To him,
3: he I wants, was gonna say the he same thing. To topical. He, he, the only reason he's listening to these bands is listening to what Robert Palmer, which is shit, by the way. <laughs> uh, <But. laughs>
7: water cooler talk. He that water You know topical. what I mean? But
3: all that matters is what I present out front, and make. And I just uh, thought that that struck me, having grown up in, outside of New York, like a couple other guys. I remember Trump back then, and that was all him. Just what's out in front. Nothing about what's inside just what's on the facade. -hmm. If
6: I can interject for a second, isn't it kind of ironic that he's orange and he's gonna be wearing orange for the rest of his life soon? (laughs) 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 Hit him
2: with
7: the double faders again, Rob. (laughs) uh, Ian
9: Yeah I just kinda wanted to highlight because everyone's sort of been saying the same sort of thing and you know um David's just mentioned it there about how, you know, he's just sort of reading the blurbs, you know, off of what he's read about these these, these bands and this music. And then um, to link it back to the to the um, the business card scene as well. Now, I don't know if this is just like an error in production or if this was intentional, but it also speaks to the attention to detail like uh, Erica was speaking about with the color of ties. There's actually a misprint on every single yeah. card. Every single card has the word acquisition spelt incorrectly. So either it means that Patrick Bateman is so socially awkward and so desperate to fit in that he's he's made the same spelling mistake as everyone else, Mm -hmm. or it just means all of these people are so socially awkward and are so desperate to be the best of them all that they've completely missed this really basic spelling error on this card. And I think that's really an interesting sort of look into this dynamic.
3: Cardstock is pretty much not the substance, just the card sock is pretty much. Yeah. And
8: yeah, the a... embossment, and the color of the lettering, and this right. is an eggshell, and yeah. this is Let's the color of off da, off da da da. It's
4: sword sound.
2: <laughs> it's bone.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Right. Uh, Jenna, um, a couple of things. Uh, one thing that I I I re-watch this movie a lot. And uh, I rewatched it again uh, right before this time. And I noticed, which I never picked up on, he's running, Patrick Bateman's running away from, um, from something. And he's trying to find his car. And he's, he's pulling every single car to see if it's his, but they all look the same so he ends up, like, tugging on all these cars, and then, like, they they all just go off, and he's like, ah, fuck it, and just runs away. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great, like, little theme they have. Oh, yeah. Um, He kicks
7: the last one.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and They're all the same car. It's hilarious. Um, And I just wanted to, like, kind of go through a bunch of the themes that um, I kind of picked up on this movie that I think are, like, kind of the top themes. Um, Erica, you probably could correct me on one of these since you're a little more involved in this. Uh, one is, um, the first one I can definitely see is like toxic masculinity.
2: Um,
4: and then that also kind of goes into conformity and yuppie oh, yeah. culture. Um, and then I guess the same thing would be individuality. And then the last one being um, dissociative identity disorder.
8: I was going to bring up dissociative identity disorder.
4: Yeah, which um, I think plays a role in this, but who knows how much of a role? But
8: <laughs> exactly, that's that's always that's up for debate. Uh, no. um, I'm gonna go yes, it is. Uh, I'm gonna go next <laughs> uh, just because of that. Uh, so I want to talk about okay now. Um, my females here can probably back me up on this. Uh, when you do it like a gel mask, which I hate them for this reason, I don't I usually use like a wash off masks or, you know, things like that, because I don't like the gel. We have to peel like it's stuck in my hair. It doesn't come off. And so that moment at the beginning when he's done the gel mask and it's dried and he peels it off in one smooth, you know, move it. <laughs> and it's like perfect. And I'm like, it never comes off like that. And I think that that is so symbolic of, like, we're dealing with a human being who is all about a facade. He's wearing a mask. He doesn't really know what his identity is, so he has adopted the identity of those around him. And so, like, that smooth thing, I'm like, no motherfucker can do that. But, but see, that's – I honestly – right there is our foreshadowing. That is our major theme right there is he's not really human completely. There's nothing going on there. He can just rip that mask off, and, and it's a perfect mask. Rip yeah. it right off. And then there's different mm. – you know, underneath um, something, you know, but – I do think there is uh, definitely some identity disorders going on. Antisocial personality disorder is uh, one. Uh, Narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I do think we, and then dissociative identity, not to the point of multiple personality, but, um, you know, there are other versions of dissociative identity disorder. And part of that is where you have no clue of the self of who you are. So you adopt these personalities of, and, of, or, or the trappings of a personality, I should say, mm-hmm. because we, as we know, per the end of the movie, this confession has meant nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And we know that he's basically empty inside and all he is, is that mask, that perfect mask. That's my take.
1: Yeah. Uh, can I add uh, to that? Yes, you can. Um, I think that's, Pretty much the, the the point is that he spends so long he spends so long trying to fit in that when he truly does stand out because he's a homicidal maniac, no one fucking notices. Because
8: or, or they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, because they care.
1: yeah, they they don't they, they because it's such such a fucking but vapid.
2: It's it's,
8: it's like such just, an open yeah. ending. So we have to decipher that for ourselves, and we will do that at the end of the episode. We will, we will give our takes on that. So, Uh,
0: uh, I believe Erica was next. Yes, Erica. I was about to implode, but yeah, when you were talking about (laughs) the (laughs) (laughs) lot Yes, I do relate to the fact you. I cannot get it off in one piece, and it sticks in my eyebrows and my hair. Oh God, yeah, and my hairline um but later on not during it would have been a little too on the nose if it had been during that healing scene but later in the film he talks about when my mask of sanity is starting to slip that Mm -hmm. is a reference to a 1941 book by harvey checkley called the mask of sanity and this was one of the earliest attempts to Uh, Describes psychopathy as a distinct mental disorder apart from, say, psychosis or other types of mental illness. So um, the the term psychopath, it's similar to having antisocial personality disorder, but it's worse. It's untreatable. It's like the AIDS of mental health. Um, So the, the, the current author who's a clinician, who's an expert in that is Dr. Robert Hare, who developed the Psychopathy Checklist. But Harvey Checkley back in 1941 uh, goes he has all these case studies about psychopaths who were high level professionals and how they behaved before they did something terrible that got them in a mental hospital, for instance. Um, But he talks about, you know, they're in touch with reality usually, but it's their moral compass has completely failed. Or just not function yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, so there was that. But also on the topic of uh, conformity, um, which a number of us have discussed, it's like the male characters in particular are so similar that they, they dress alike. They have yeah. the same almost identical business cards, similar haircuts. They all have the same attitudes about relationships and women, which like <laughs> completely terrible. Attitude, oh, yeah, it's awful. That disgusting. one thing about like there are no girls with good personalities. You sound like that whole piece of dialogue that sounded like something Donald Trump would say. Like, well, yeah. does it you know if uh, she doesn't uh, look hot, but you know she has a good personality, is that okay? No. <laughs> and no. That that whole thing is like, oh, but um, kind of going into this this conformity uh, culture and fitting in. They fit into the point that they're so interchangeable. They can't tell each other apart a lot of the time. Like, there's always identity confusion. Yeah. Which guy is actually Paul Allen and then different people are mistaking Bateman for other guys. And it's it's like these people are so interchangeable that if he did commit all of these murders, it doesn't matter because all these people are replaceable. He did. And they're so (laughs) self-absorbed that they don't even notice that someone's missing. Um, (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. Can I just, wait, wait, hold on.
1: Before you pass it on to you, can I just say how much I love us and how we're so (laughs) married? No, we're just like any
8: other family. We're so fucking dysfunctional.
1: No, not 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 just that, but like how varied we are in conversation. We could talk about psychology and all this stuff, and then talk about gore and tits and ass, and sex and all that kind yes. of other stuff. I
2: love
1: <laughs> all of these things. Yeah, all of these, yeah. things. <laughs> all of these <laughs> things are beautiful, <laughs> and we and we have a whole discussion incorporating all these things together. And I just love it. I love it so much. I love
8: y'all. Uh, I love you guys nice too. Wow. <laughs> it's like you take a little Hello, uh, of-
6: <laughs> I just kind of want to build on a, on a couple of things that were already mentioned. Number one, with the foreshadowing, um, you know, I brought up the fact that he was doing crunches to Texas Chainsaw, and, and that wasn't by accident. It was because literally later in the movie, he kind of reenacts Leatherface running with the fucking chainsaw. Yeah. That's at, at one point there in the fucking movie, that's number one. Number two, you know, yes, I, I feel as though he suffers from all these disorders, but I also feel like he suffers from like, like he's, you know, ultimately he's, he's not fulfilled he's very like such a lonely person on the inside that as much as like he's such a smug prick and hates everybody that he feels the need for constant like if you notice he feels the need for constant companionship he keeps getting the same hooker with a different girl even though he talks down to them and and treats them like complete dog shit he still values their companionship and showing off
2: yeah, the his bragging. Apartment. Oh, I've heard right. The bragging.
6: Right. I, I did this. And and they're like, I don't give a fuck. But he's yeah. like, oh, I work I work for Pierce and Pierce. They're like, and yeah. you know, when he goes into like his tirade, like how like how Dave said about Susudio, which is which is which is a great scene. Uh. You know, they like you know or, or when he brings up Whitney Houston, they're like the, the girl laughs, like you listen to Whitney Houston? Like, you you
1: own more than one CD. <laughs> right, yeah, like, like
6: this is what I mean. It's almost like it's like he's begging for attention But when he gets it, it, it's just kind of like misery loves company is is kind of like the vibe that I get that he's such a, you know, such a shallow person that even when he's, when he's able to fulfill like, like that, that, that need, he just, he just doesn't know what to do with it. Because
8: he tries to fill it with other shallow
6: people. Right. And, 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 you know, that, that's why, and and it's, I don't know if it's, if it's, um, call it an act of contrition or whatever you want to call it. The fact that he actually spares, uh, Gene. With, yeah. with the nail gun, who, by the way, shout out to Chloe Savanni. Oh, I think I throw that to me. Yeah. She's amazing. The first time I saw her was in kids. It was Jenny. She was oh, awesome in yeah. that movie. Like, she's she awesome at everything. Her. Right. She's awesome in fucking everything. But she was great in this because she was like the, you know, and he even tells her, uh, put a dress on, wear heels, don't wear that again. Like, you're way too pretty for this. And I don't know, you know, what, what, I'm not sure what it was that made him spare her. At that moment because in reality I'm sure she was fucking As dead as fucking fried chicken like my man Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction would have said <laughs> she didn't conform can, can, He wanted I, can her I, to
7: conform And she didn't Sorry Can I just
1: say I, I never seen that movie Kids But I did see it really But I did oh. Okay, but I didn't see a pointer it, once with San dubious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all
6: right. All right. All right. All right. I got you. Guilty conscience, Eminem.
7: Uh, he gets it. He gets it. Uh, I was about to say, man. Last, you
6: know, because kids, kids are some shit, man. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. We just watched it that long ago. Yeah. And I
2: was it, like, yeah. It was, it was, Yo, was, you, was, you know what's funny?
6: Is that is that one of my, like, all-time crushes in the, is isn't that your fucking Rosario Dawson.
2: Oh yeah, I love her. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love you
6: her. know when I fell in love with her, so real quick. Beautiful. And this is this, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna segue the the movie that made me really fall in love with her was actually Clerks Two. Oh yeah, yeah that's
3: the yes. so like She's great in everything.
6: But, but but it's just the fact like the way she plays Becky and Clark's Clerks Two, it's like yeah. like if 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 I could have if I could like legit like have somebody like as my as my equal, it would have been her like that that I can like settle down with and like start a family. It would be with someone like that character of Becky in Clerks Two
2: yeah.
6: Because Rosario Dolph was just fucking amazing.
1: How do you do always you have do two, just about
8: anything?
1: How do you always have two hot chicks fighting
6: over you? What am I, some hideous fucking chug <laughs> A <laughs> <laughs> uh, true story uh, real quick. I actually it is like my happy movie. Whenever I feel down, I put on Clarks 2 Yeah, Clarks 2 is great. Clarks yeah, I, I really 2 and then
8: I haven't seen it since so
4: yeah. yeah. Uh Jenna. I used to work at not the Wall Street one, but um, it was there. There's one like kind of near that area, like like in kind of the center of Manhattan. And I worked with a lot of finance guys. Mm -hmm. And the scary thing about it was I would always kind of like. A little bit bring up American Psycho like playfully, <laughs> and all of them would be like, "That is my favorite movie. I love that movie. I swear <laughs> to you, they act just like everyone in American Psycho to a point where I'm like, I don't think that like it's I ir- like they don't understand the ir- Like I think they legit like this movie, <laughs> and so that's what everybody I realized that.
8: because everybody
4: else did. Yeah, Mm exactly. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. But I think that was like it was kind of them tapping into their dark selves. But it's just such a such a weird thing to see these like kind of normal guys like talking about American Psycho, and they knew Mm -hmm. they knew about serial killers too. So I don't know that that whole New York. Like rich New York people, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> have Neither do we. <laughs> so we this talk about rich Neither people in
8: we. society. When we did society, yeah, we we had some talks about rich people. That was a good one. They're right. just
3: different. Oh. Right. <laughs> Fuck you, uh,
2: butthead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave. Uh, uh, just right now that we were talking about how he said his uh business card was bone. He's doing the crossword puzzle. It's all the words are bone and meat. Yeah. Yeah. Bone and meat. But um, I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Jean, the, the secretary, the assistant, because she's one of only two characters in this movie who uh, sort of stand up. The other one is Lewis, the one guy who is like mm-hmm. the dork. And if you notice, he's different in several ways. He parts his hair in the middle in sort of a weird howdy doody way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
6: And he wears it's a bow
3: instead of a tie. And he's, and he's a closeted homosexual. And so yes. so, so he, uh, those two characters, I've always, I was curious about, like their function. Like Jean says to him, "Have you ever tried to make anyone happy?" She's like the one sort of strand of humanity that's reaching out to him and saying, "You know, Is there right. a, are you a real person? Is there a real person in there?" <laughs> uh, she's trying to see that because he's obviously attracted to him, you know. Yes. yes. <laughs> and and, and she winds up with a nail gun to the back of her head for it. But so I was wondering, do you think he would have killed her if he hadn't been called away? Because he seemed like he was uh, reluctant to, because she was the one sort of. Special.
6: I don't. I don't. I don't think he would have. I really I don't. don't.
8: Think so, because <laughs> the way he was talking the way he would say like i don't want to hurt you i don't want to do this and back. he doesn't say that anywhere else because he has no right. human emotion no empathy no sympathy nothing going on no conscience but with her he's like i don't know man i
3: noticed her spark because we mentioned how he's talking about you should dress a certain way trying to like get her to conform to this this world of his so she obviously stands out to him and then when he's got his hands around lewis's throat in the bathroom he like really hesitates to do it, and then when Lewis turns around, you think, okay, he's going to do it, and he doesn't. He hesitates because these people are different. They they they're not these cardboard cutouts of everyone. Very astute. These interchangeable people, like we talked, they're all interchangeable. They all mistake each other for each other all the time. They're all interchangeable. A good I think that's very important. I thought those Ow. were very interesting.
0: Um, Erica. Uh yeah, I have uh some theories, at least not so much about Lewis, but about um Bateman's secretary Jean. um when I first saw the film in the theater and then I watched it a number of times when it came out on video, um at first, I was kind of optimistic and thought, well, maybe he has a shred of humanity in him somewhere that he sees something special in her, you know that he you know he would feel bad about killing her. But now, my cynical-ass older self <laughs> um, <laughs> it thinks happens, that yeah. um, he, he's sort of weighing the options. Like, he might think it's fun to kill her, but she fulfills a useful function in his daily and professional life. That she's a competent secretary, and she's attractive, so, you know, she helps him look good socially and in the professional world, so there's almost that risk of if he kills her because it's fun, not only is she a, a person who's closely connected to him and might be kind of a red flag of him being a suspect, he would also potentially not be able to find someone um, who who fits this image that he wants to project.
8: Yeah, someone he can sort of shape. Yes. Um, Ian? Yeah,
9: um, I just wanted to sort of speak about... Um is that sort of feeling like we've sort of been talking about the various disorders that Patrick Bateman and the, this whole, whole sort of group, you know, potentially have. Um, and, you know, in the movie, you know, he says, I, I feel nothing. And, you know, it's, he, he clearly does feel things and it's being uncomfortable with what he is feeling. He's so uncomfortable with what he's feeling that he's lashing out. In that scene where he's um, got his hands around Louis' throat in the bathroom, you know, he's so disgusted by even the the possibility that he could be attracted to this person that he's washing his hands with his gloves on you know (laughs) he's washing scrubbing his hands yeah and it's it's so bizarre and it just sort of shows how uncomfortable he is with these these things that at the time would have been seen to make you maybe a bit of an outcast or or you know different from the social norms um Yeah, it was not okay to be gay in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One of the other things I wanted to bring up quickly, just to sidetrack a little bit, um, when Jana was talking about the the gym that should not be named, um, there was loads of of issues in this movie around brands not wanting to be associated with this movie. Um, Yes. um, So like Rolex, the famous line in in the movie is don't touch the Rolex when he's lying with the two prostitutes. And, and, and Rolex wouldn't allow him to, to do that. So that they had to change the line to, you know, don't touch the watches. Um, and, you know, Whitney Houston, there's a whole, I think, chapter in the book that's dedicated to him describing a Whitney Houston album. But she wouldn't let her music actually be played. Huey Lewis and the News wanted their song struck from the official soundtrack. Yes. Uh, and loads of clothing brands wouldn't allow their stuff to be made. So there was so many...
8: And but there I was Jean Paul Gaultier, like
9: fuck it, oh, yeah, put a body in there. Shows <laughs> how durable our bags Just
8: are. Just
1: swooped in to save the day. <laughs> um, Brad. Now it's funny too that uh, you had all these people trying to pull out, like, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. But uh, my man Phil Collins had no problem having a <laughs> video played over the sex all scene. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just gotta ask. All, all right, I'm gonna get fucked up for a second. Um never. Who 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 has fucked in front of a mirror like that in in a? <laughs> Ew, no! Why?
7: I mean, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I've never flexed, but.
6: <laughs> I mean, my hands go up, right?
7: No, no, but, but okay. uh, no, I'm, I'm, I've never been up in there like yeah.
6: Oh, I'm saying my hands up, right? Because that that I've, happens.
7: I've, I've took. I've took a
1: look. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It I, wasn't I, on
8: I, purpose. I, I'll tell you that much.
1: No, I, I, no, like, I, I got
8: looking at myself while I'm getting or having no, I, sexual relations is like hot. Like, oh, look but, at me but, getting some dick. But, like, like yeah, no,
6: no, this, this goes in. This goes into the character's vanity. Like he's staring at himself yeah. more than he's That's staring okay. at like, and okay. looking into the camera to make sure that he's like he's flexing and he's like you know but like he's making like like the no, no
2: faces.
8: a mirror. Um, is has some aspects of themselves that wants to see themselves in the act
1: right. it's not just about
8: it's not seeing just the act they want to see themselves that's I, what the fucking mirror is for and, the then, and then
1: and then he's making them like the look at the camera look at the camera you know <laughs>
8: Well, I like well, when, it, uh, if I can just interject real quick. I like when the chick's been over like showing her ass and he's like, Don't just look at it, eat it. Eat it, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I almost
1: hit
2: <laughs> that line tonight. Oh my
8: gosh, it was such a tough point.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was that was one of the ones I had highlighted too. I was like, should I? Uh ah, maybe.
5: Well if <laughs> you if you if you, if you if you think about it in you know most serial killers, there's some some form of ownership, right? Whether it's keeping body parts or keeping you know, some sort of memorabilia, like, uh, you know, cre- uh, uh, ID cards or earrings or, or panties tea. or something yeah. like trophy. that. Trophy. Trophy. It's, it's a trophy.
1: He does mention Ed Gein, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he Ted does.
8: Bundy. That's the so. third time Ed Gein has come up in a row on this show.
0: Yeah. I was that was that. the theme. Your your hostess here, has the Plan. Yeah. <laughs> And Bateman does keep a strand of that model's hair. Yeah. That, yes. you know, that, it's right? just like yeah. in his pocket. And he's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, on that, um, if you don't mind me interjecting, maybe it's out of turn, but uh, on the topic of him like having a videotape himself having sex and recreating scenes from porn movies with threesomes and stuff like that, uh, going back to Eric Fromm, because um, – so I mean, the marketing uh, personality is definitely very relevant for this film, but also from discussing a necrophilis personality doesn't mean you're a necrophile in terms of fucking dead bodies, although it can include that. But basically, um, you are you're just into turning you know, people into objects, which he does literally do in both yeah. the film and the novel. But so think. I also thought of that in terms of he could be enjoying the pleasure of these sex acts, but it seems like that's secondary to basically fossilizing that those sex acts into something he can watch over and over again. It's no longer a living experience. It's like a photo or it's a video, and it's all about it's about his vanity and the image. But he's kind of about preserving things in a way that are unchangeable and reducing people to photos or to videos or to trophies. So, yeah. I think even the fact he's making these homemade porn videos fits in with that serial killer trophy-taking mindset. Plus, it also
6: also ties in with the boom of the camcorders in the 80s. 80s as well, yes, yes. yeah, yeah.
1: Way, way to kill boners
6: there, Erica.
0: As <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my personal trainer will tell you,
1: oh, <laughs> I destroyed
0: that boner again last night because oh. he messaged me again. I would have oh. been like, This is harassment, I will fucking end you. I
1: will break it <laughs> off, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But that's why I that's took just screenshots screen-tiny. and stuff just in case. Just, <laughs> hey, Erica, keep receipts. Yes. Seats.
5: yes. Just, just send them a link to your OnlyFans.
0: That's... <laughs> and then <it's laughs> crushing balls. I don't have an OnlyFans. I need to borrow someone else's.
8: <laughs> Rob.
0: I don't have, have <laughs> OnlyFans.com
6: slash liquid sex. Liquid Cinema
8: Junkie over here. Go. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, oh, Erica, I could, I, could send, uh, I could send him a picture of my balls, and you could just be like, yeah, this is this is what I got going on downstairs, buddy. <laughs>
8: <laughs> 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 you, could, you could actually turn him off voice type and be like. picture would be odd. <laughs> I'm, 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 you could use it for your own purposes, but now you know what my balls look like. So I yeah. don't know, that's kind of weird.
7: You gotta like. A... Oh, send that to the group.
8: Send that
6: privately. You, Please, Hey, right. you can, <laughs> have, <laughs> you can <laughs> have me be <laughs> a Rob. So really
8: ugly. You
6: can, you can have, have me any. a Rob record a voice clip and be like, "You sure you want to go there, buddy?" Hey, baby. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you want to get <laughs> you, you sure you, sure you want to <laughs> get all down in <laughs> <of> there?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, sexy, hot amateur guys, Are ready to get, <laughs> get it on with. You. are <laughs> yeah, yeah. you like like, making my pantyhose right now, big boy. Oh yeah, you, oh, man. Griker. Yeah. <laughs> making, making, my nipples so fucking hard right now, god My
8: nipples are smoking.
2: <laughs> Bring it
1: on, that. baby. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Nico, I
8: believe
6: it's your turn. Okay, so I kind of <laughs> <laughs> look what you've done. This, this is why I love the show. <laughs> it's all my fault.
2: <laughs> so
6: I kind of want to. I kind of want to switch gears a little bit into the the whole marketing point, but not um like the Wall Street part of the marketing, but the after the film came out, marketing like years later, how. This was almost... And I don't think it was by accident. This was almost like an immediate cult classic. Yes, like, right after it, it came was. out. Like, this wasn't This wasn't one of the ones where it took, like, 10, 15, even now 20. That's 21 years old now, 20 years later. It did
8: not need a revival. It was,
6: no, it was, like, almost immediate. And so much so on fact that, like, I could tell you, back in, like, 2005, I think it was, maybe 2006, I actually had um, American Psycho pillowcases and... Yes. And, and a sheet that NECA, because NECA, the company that makes like all these toys, NECA released like like almost like an entire like best friend of American Psycho. So I found it. I was like, uh, yeah, of course I'm gonna fucking buy this, Rob. This was years ago, dude, like years ago. Like they were the first. They were actually the first ones to release the Patrick Bateman action figure.
2: <laughs> was it? And, and nice. like,
6: no, it was actually him. Like I think it was two. There was him with with the suit and the knife, and there was an 18 inch that came like with the rain jacket. Oh, oh steady, steady where, when he calls and, and now, I mean, you know I have to always bring it back to, you know, the other little plastic toys. Um, Funko released three Patrick Bateman pops. They have um one of him regular, there's a chase of him bloody, and Hot Topic has the one of him bloody with the with the raincoat with the axe.
8: I need this in my life.
6: I know, and it's just isn't and it, it, it ironic like this movie? Leg, where the fuck
8: are we gonna put more fun because there's no room. But <laughs> Isn't it no, ironic? Is, is, it, is it
6: ironic that like a movie that was like so despicable and or at the time like it was considered despicable and controversial, misogynistic, and everything under the sun? And there's fucking toys for this that like a seven year old would want to see all. At
8: it, no, in American it, culture,
2: that's
6: what we fucking do. Well, look, like, I mean, yeah, it, I know, it, it's I know like, 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 we.
8: American culture. Right,
6: and, and I realize that, like, we, we glorify the fact that, like, you know, Hannibal Lecter and, and Jason Voorhees and Freddy, Freddy Krueger and Michael mm-hmm. Myers. Can't, like, we, we glorify, like, these these horror icons, that we, we make them into the icons, and now Patrick Bateman is actually part of, yeah. like, that lexicon of, like, the, the horror. You know, icons like he's—he's he's a horror monster, whether he wants to be or not. And I just think it's kind of cool that, like, you know, people have embraced this movie so much and now, you know, if you say, "I got to go return some videotapes," everybody's like, "Oh, American Psycho, yeah. it's a yeah. great movie." Like, they know exactly. Whenever what you're a conversation about. gets
8: awkward, I'm like, "I had to return some videotapes,"
6: and just walk Right. I do. Right. Or like, yeah. or like, anytime I hear the studio, I can't, I can't, like, not think of that. Well, a there's
8: never an occasion for me to hear that because fuck that song. But, uh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> or, or, hey my dad or, or, would not mom, appreciate sorry. that. Yeah. My dad hey, would hey, not appreciate oh, that. I am when would hip, my mom. She would disapprove when, of me.
6: <laughs> when Hip to Be Square comes on, I can't, like I said before, he, he actually has, like, I think my... The third good horror dance when you between between Jimmy the, the Jimmy Dead Fuck Dance in the final chapter of Friday the Thirteenth, yes. Violet mm-hmm. and fucking uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five and Patrick Bateman's dance in, in American
8: We're leaving out Ed Harris. And Chris I think that the three those of the are models, so called, bad, so good. No, he yeah, mentioned well, Chris,
6: Chris love. I, okay, I, 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 I mean the Jimmy. Like, I my feedback is weird. I'm, I'm
8: getting chunks of conversation, so I apologize.
6: I mean, all right. So I forgot Ed Harris. Like, okay, four. The the, the, the top Harris. four <laughs> dances in a horror movie are and, and Harris and Creepshow is uh, don't let go dance
8: don't <laughs> let go <laughs> probably just the same
6: time
4: uh, just... <clears throat> um, okay this is going back some but about um, the taping and I was gonna say like um, I know I know a fair amount of sex workers and I just wanted to point out that no sex worker would ever be okay with like someone filming them in any aspect. So I weirdly that kind that. of what? I thought about that. Yeah, yeah, like weirdly that stuff kind of took me out of the movie because like mm. they kind of, like it's like there's very specific times that you're there and things like that and they and then it kind of seems like they just kind of like went over and just stayed as however long so, weirdly, that was kind of the only thing that kind of took me out of the movie. But I do understand that, you know, he's supposed to be in a po- position of power and they're not. But that clearly, to me, that clearly seemed like whoever wrote that part doesn't know that much about sex work. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well, it, also, it
6: also ties in with his vanity as well and his narcissism. That, like, it's more about him, not, not so much them. I think he's like, he's making like, that's why like when he's, when he's having sex with them and, and you know, it's in front of a mirror and he's recording himself. So like he can literally see himself while he's doing this. Hence why I think like he's flexing and like, kind of like, I think he's getting off more on himself. than with the yeah. women.
8: It makes yeah. me wonder if like he, the only way he can orgasm, which is a lot of sexual dysfunction. There's certain ways that they can only orgasm. is if he sees himself. Mm-hmm. And I, and I makes me right. wonder. I totally got like,
4: he was doing that it just kind of the realism. The, the oh, yeah, yeah, that kind of took me out of the movie, and that was kind of been the only time where I'm like, eh, I don't buy that because uh, no sex worker would just kind of come in and be like, oh, Yeah, they're, oh, yeah, they're okay, pretty professional, <laughs> they're yeah, very professional exactly.
6: <laughs> um, well, back then, maybe. No, uh,
8: no, I simply think they, think they were pretty organized. Yeah, it's the world's oldest profession. (laughs) uh, It is. I am going to take over really quick uh, because I want to discuss this, and I'm going to have to start it out because I think I'm in the minority, as in I'm the only one that's going to say this. Um,
6: I'm I'm, I'm getting ready for this now because I know what you're going to say.
8: Yeah, okay. So the question is, and everybody's got their minds made up, I know, but I'm I'm just going to present what I think, and I'm probably – no, not just you. I think everybody is going to disagree with me on this. Um, and the question is, and there's all these theories, and there's all the symbolism you can look into, did Patrick really do all of the things? Yes. Or was he, I haven't gotten to yet. Um, maybe pull up my mom, ways. Damn. Okay, so, that's your chart. Sorry, Mom. Okay, son. In your room. Uh, might as
6: well go, go with him first. You might as well.
8: <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my piece first because I know everybody's going to resound and overwhelm me. So I'm just going to say it. Uh, uh, as to whether he actually did it, I don't think that he did all of it. Maybe a few at the beginning, but I really don't think he did everything. I think it was part of his identity disorder. Um, a lot of times uh, with serial killers uh, and when you get into your abnormal psych um and we're talking about these personality disorders that he he possibly has or definitely has. Um, it could be just fantasy, as where we find uh, where Gene finds the drawings, where it's just kind of going on in his head. And then, so when he makes these this confession and he, that he did all this stuff, and there's no proof, there's no anything. Um, You know, I'm inclined to believe that I don't think he did everything. And that's and at the end, this confession has meant nothing because it never happened. I'm inclined to believe that, no, he did not do all of the things. I think a lot of it was in his head, Um, him playing out fantasies. So he's clearly disturbed. But I really don't think he did everything, honestly. So that's – I'm in the minority. I may be the only person who says that, but I don't think he did all the stuff. No, I think it's in his head. Go ahead, Um,
2: Rob.
8: Go ahead,
1: Rob. Rob. (laughs) He did it. He did it. He did it. He
8: did. It. He, did it. he did everything. Well, and also, if I can add really quick, I think people want to believe he did it because it makes for a much more fucking entertaining story than somebody's psyche, and that is also another point that I made to Sean when we rewatched this, for the purpose of the discussion. Um, I said that because uh, you know I looked into some theories and I have my own theories anyway, but uh, I said people want to believe this. This is also indicative of the the viewer. We want to believe that he he killed all these people because it's a lot fucking more entertaining than it being imaginary, than it being part of a disorder, than you know that clearly he is criminally insane, but he hasn't maybe committed all the murders that he thinks he has. Uh, People want him to though. We we want him to be a murderer. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Mm
8: -hmm. Yeah. It's so much more entertaining. Okay, so Rob, he did it. you did it. And, and
1: why did he? And why do you think he did it, Rob? Because he, he's he's a, he's a fucking American psycho, and he did it, and and nobody gives a shit.
8: <laughs> no, people actually do give a shit.
1: No, there's not a single person in this movie that gives. Oh, a sh- okay,
8: I meant outside the film. Sorry.
1: No, no, I meant in the film. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit because everybody's so shallow, and they see him as a shallow. Like he, he's he's one of them. So, it's like, oh, he's just shallow. And like, they think it's a fucking joke. I'm like, oh, it's so funny. And like, oh, no, it wasn't you. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, I'm literally telling you I kill all these fucking people, and nobody cares.
6: He did it. Right.
3: Any... Yeah.
6: He did it. Uh, Nico? Um, I'm actually going to agree with you, Candy. I don't think he oh, did it.
8: Oh, hell yeah.
6: But, and Rob rolls his eyes. <laughs>
8: my teeth.
6: Thank you, Nico. Wait, wait. Here's why. Um, just before, and I'm sure nobody, I'm sure we picked up on this, but didn't maybe talk about it. Just before he, quote unquote, kills Paul Allen, Jared Leto, you yeah. see him take his medication that's on the fucking sink. Yes. Number one. Number two, it's no accident that he doesn't kill Lewis in the bathroom or kill Gene in his house. Okay? Plus yeah. the fact that like he goes on a fucking psychotic rampage with a gun and it's not talked about on the news or anything in the rest of the movie. Thank you. But like he you. tries to shove a goddamn cat into the ATM. I don't I don't think he did it. Um I, I think I think like you, he's very disturbed. He has disturbing images. I think he's obsessed with, with serial killers, yes. yes.
2: Um
6: i mean, I think in his mind, if you notice too, like how Erica's Erica's um well what did I miss? I'm sorry, I missed something. <laughs> He's being cute. Oh <laughs> uh, okay. uh, Rob is? Rob? Alright. Yeah. Like like okay, so Eric just called I'm earlier jealous. when he said to the girl, like I, I wanna fucking cut you up and uh was it like days your, you yeah. your blood or whatever? He says it at the top of his fucking lungs and she doesn't pay it in no all mine. Like bitch. any I'm other normal down. Right. Any rational fucking in a loud club or not and he says it that loud that you could hear it, you would have fucking heard that.
8: And it would have not been okay. She looked and he like
6: tough too. Right. Right, and and he tells the one girl, "I'm into murders and execution," and she says, "Oh yeah, I know people know murders and acquisitions also." <laughs> and then to kind of to kind of play it up to what you were saying, like at the end, he confesses, but it, it never happened. He's just a disturbed person. That that's what I think it is. Then,
8: thank
6: you. And I I think it makes it for a more entertaining story because like it is somebody's psyche. I I dig that, and I and I think that's more interesting than him actually doing it.
8: Most people want him to be the murderer, right. we'll just, so therefore we'll they they too. want that.
6: I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I am. I just, I just think it's one of the
8: Yeah, if the evidence is there, um, <laughs> Touch your face. Okay, uh, who? I, I'm sorry, I lost track of who was next. Uh, Every, uh, everybody Sean, Sean was next. Like, oh, yeah, everybody was next. And Sean, Sean is dead.
5: So, in, in Rob's defense.
8: Um, oh, God. <laughs> why? Are you like. Hold this? on,
5: hold on. You haven't you haven't heard You're this. You're
8: married speak. to me, not him.
5: In In Rob's defense both yeah. Brett Easton Ellis and Mary Hearn have both claimed that he committed the murders, but who the fuck are they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, yeah, congrats,
5: what what they the, see? what the fuck do they know? They don't know shit. God I left you, bro. I honestly, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to split this in half. I'm going to say it's possible that he murdered the first couple of people, the homeless guy, um, I'll give you that one. The uh, the sex workers, but it's it's at that point where he tries to feed the cat to the the ATM that it all becomes surreal. You know, the ATM tells him to feed it a stray cat,
2: right? <laughs> he
5: shoots the fucking he shoots the cop car and the cop car blows up and he looks at the gun like what the fuck? you know what i'm saying it's like and and he just and he goes on this like murderous rampage where he just he walks into the wrong building shoots the security guard shoots the janitor goes into the building across the street because they look exactly the same you know and i think at that point there's a clear disconnect um you could make an argument i mean the thing i love about this movie is that it ends on such an ambiguous note
8: Mm -hmm.
5: that it leaves it up to the viewer's interpretation right Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like a
8: different takeaway
5: it's kind of like, you know, when I watch Reservoir Dogs, I see Steve Buscemi walk out, and I know he, he knows where the diamonds are, but I don't see whether he, he lives or not. So I get to, to make up in my own head, does he find the diamonds and, and get away, or does he die in a shootout, you know, outside Dilla of the warehouse?
8: Briggs has his opinion on that in that book well, that I gave you to read that you're not reading.
5: Yeah, who's he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's he? Uh, ah, I, li- I, li- I like to think he got away yeah, I,
8: I yeah do, I do too. See, that's the thing is we we get what we want with those endings we want to yeah. see a serial killer rampage but, we got it we want to but, see somebody with a psychological disorder yeah. we got that you know whatever you want i'm gonna let our guests go next uh ian
9: uh yeah i'm gonna sort of go with uh sean on this one and i kind of think he's he's gotten done the murders of like the homeless, the homeless guy and, 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 you know, the sex workers and things, is these are sort of people that he could kill and get away with it. So the fact that no one has really pulled him up on that and, and things like that, you know, that's something he could get away with. Whereas, you know, the Paul Allen, um, obviously, at some point in the film, Willem Dafoe's character as well, tells him that they've spoken to Paul Allen as well. And, you know, throughout this movie, we're constantly confusing characters for characters. So you're sort of led to believe, well, did they actually find Paul Allen or are they speaking to another one of this group, you know, and they've just mistaken team. him for Paul Allen because they're all the same person. So, you know, I I, I think that he, he's killed the, the homeless man and, and the sex workers, but I, I don't think he's done the rest
8: interesting
4: uh jenna um so i was listening to um a brief um uh, uh interview with the director and mm-hmm. it sounded like she wanted to go for the fact that he did do it um mm-hmm. but yeah keep it ambiguous So I guess on, but, and correct me if I'm wrong in the book, it's still ambiguous, but it's Mm -hmm. more that. The last slide is, this is not an exit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think like, because of what she said, I think he did do it. um, And I'm kind of looking at cases like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy in that regards where You know Jeffrey Dahmer, like uh, someone got away from him, and the police brought that person back. Yeah, and he got away with it a lot more, and Ted Bundy got away with it. I mean, a lot of these serial killers got away with it for a long time. So I'd like to think that he did do it, but we don't know if he's gonna get caught or not. But as of now, he uh, he hasn't, and then with the feed the cat to the you know uh, feed me a stray cat kind of thing I think that plays into like that dissociation that we kind of see him go through a lot um where like again we don't we technically don't know if he actually is Patrick Bateman we'd like to think he is but we don't even really know if that's him like uh, like kind of like Fight Club, like we don't know yeah. what that is.
5: unreliable un- narrator. Unreliable narrators. Yeah, there you go. Classic.
4: Yeah,
8: and there that works so well in and especially in the horror genre, um, yeah. whether it be book or film. Now, there's a couple like high tension uh, is is one of them where we just have ooh, unreliable. Ooh, I love narrators. high tension. Yeah. I love high tension. I love high tension. But yeah. And unreliable. can I
5: just can I just make a a point about the Jeffrey Dahmer thing um, with the cops taking him back? He, he, was, he was like this young Vietnamese kid who didn't speak English. And so the cops were basically just relying on what Jeffrey Dahmer told them.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and um, he he said like, oh, this is my boyfriend. And they're like, yeah. oh, I don't want any of that gay stuff around me. Right. <laughs> no homo. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: yeah, and it's like, right. and plus he's white. You know, of course, you know, the oh, yeah. white guy always tells the <laughs> right. truth.
4: And, and if you look at Patrick Bateman.
1: <laughs> exactly.
4: He's pretty freaking white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. white. You know, most serial killers are white. Yeah, yeah um, it looks like it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh,
4: <laughs>
8: Dave. Well, oh, a, well, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Dave. There's a couple of scenes that we already touched on. The one that really stood out to me, because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, I watched it today. Uh, the scene with the cops that I think Sean talked about. He shoots the cop cars and they explode from like a couple of, and he actually looks at the gun like, wow, that's kind of weird. That's a, that's a dead giveaway to me, but also, um, oh, I'm trying to think of, um, when he's, um, I can't think of the other scene I had in my head that, uh, the, the feeding of the cat with the ATM says, feed mm-hmm. me a straight cat. Obviously that's not real. That's in his head. Uh, I, I think it's, it's all in his head. I don't think he's still, so, Oh, and when he's, uh, Chasing uh, the sex worker through the uh, Paul Allen's apartment building, she's banging on all the doors, trying to exactly. get. Exactly. And he's naked, covered in blood, with a running chainsaw, and like no <laughs> and one. Tennis shoes for some and reason. No one comes out. and
7: the then light pumps. Bops, bops it like.
3: <laughs> and he <laughs> drops it like five stories It happens to nail her, so that's obviously you know stretches credulity. And then when he's at the the the, 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 the next scene when he's with Reese Witherspoon, he's drawing out that scene. Yes. I'm on, on, on the, and she doesn't even notice it It's obviously I think it's all
5: in his head Yeah Well and and it kind of goes back to, to uh, What Jenna was saying about You know how no sex worker would let You know someone film them Is that Because this is all in his head And this is his fantasy That he's able to film them And you know all that stuff So I don't know
8: there's, there's so many
5: theories there's so many different ways you can
9: interpret this film just to, right. just to quickly sort of elaborate on that point about sex workers and that i actually worked for a strip club here in, here in scotland so I'm, I'm, i've worked with a lot with a lot of sex workers and people who do escort and things and i can absolutely guarantee you they do not like them like you
8: filming
9: them right? you will
2: get and they your, don't spend the night you will get your They're professional. Get, there's, like no sex. there's no sex in
6: the champagne room like chris rock said
9: yeah, I, I no sex in that. the champagne room no sex
1: in the champagne
6: room <laughs> i what i, I for one second kind of go on with Dave was saying and something that candy and i were already discussing that is the correct way of this movie ending um what's what's up what's up with the unlimited ammo by the way in the gun
2: yeah. He never wants to yeah. change the clip. Exactly. Just saying.
6: Never changes the clip. He's like he's like on God mode and doom.
3: <laughs> he even looks at the gun like Like,
4: wow, that was kind of- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I wanted to point something out really quickly that I thought was hilarious. Oh, man. Um so he's so he's he's running with his sneakers on, right? but you don't see his sneakers on, so I'd like to think that he kept the sneakers on while he was having sex with these <laughs> two. <laughs> okay. okay,
8: I'm going to get completely naked, but not my feet. That's so how oh, I'm
0: here. Just in case. Just <laughs> hey. um, Erica. Okay, so um, I kind of have a mixture of theories. I think he committed the murders up until the point of when he has his mental breakdown of seeing the ATM saying, feed me a stray cat. I don't think he really shot that old white lady. I don't think he blew up cop cars. I think all of that was in his head because if you killed a bunch of cops and blew up a cop car, you would be on the fucking news and there would be a big manhunt absolutely I, I do think the the murders of the the sex workers and uh, other other characters like that model who's like oh you know it's okay if you think i'm dumb i think you're sweet anyway <laughs> that girl the one he took the blonde uh, hair clip from and yeah. uh, I, I think he killed his ex-girlfriend the, the redhead who was uh, in the scene where the, the street, uh, you know, sex worker got killed later. I think that was probably real.
6: <laughs> Did you um, almost say streetwalker?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but, Yeah. Yeah, streetwalker whatever you like to say. But as far as the thing where he's chasing her with a chainsaw, it sounds implausible, like, but when you think of the Kitty Genovese case from the early 80s, yeah. she was screaming for help, and there were, like, so many witnesses that she needed help and no one came to help her. No one Man. intervened in that. And we're still in this universe of people are self absorbed. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't really care that much about other people.
4: Or yeah. they're all like Or, yeah. Well, uh, or on, yeah
0: but,
6: but yeah, I mean, cops getting killed accident. and cop cars getting blown up. People, you <laughs> the know, cops tend to frown upon that, that kind of behavior, I, I would think. Yeah. But they would kind of frown <laughs> upon that, you know?
0: So I think later in the film, he does have a complete mental breakdown where he's just fantasizing this stuff. But I think a lot of the murders early on were real. Um, I suspect he did have bodies of victims stashed in Paul Allen's apartment because they re, the, the real estate person or, or someone who worked for her a repainted... Weird. She was weird, but he repainted that whole fucking apartment, including the closets. Like, and it's like, and why that would you need to repaint the, the closet? So I, I think they were covering something up. And it's that whole thing of you have to keep up an image because you're marketing something. In this case, it's going to be harder to sell this uh, nice apartment if it's like, oh, yeah, this serial killer stashed a dozen bodies in here. So, since these were like unidentified people, it's just easier to cover that up, paint everything over, and then sell it at top dollar to the next rich bozo who comes in. Yeah, I do think.
8: I'll say yeah. something about that. I uh, with the uh, the real estate worker when she's like, "Are you my cloud? That whole exchange between her and Patrick that's interesting because she's like, "Don't come back here." Like she knows some shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's seen. I she's will give you that, that one. Some now. shit
0: went down, or, or saw it firsthand. Like, don't come back. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I think he did commit some of these murders. Maybe just not the ones where he's on this wild uh, killing spree and shooting up cop cars and stuff like that. But I think the earlier ones were legit. And I think that probably the homeless guy was a real murder because, like, who's going to really notice if a homeless guy dies? Sadly. Um, I know.
8: It is sad, but it's true. We haven't mentioned
1: he also killed the dog, too, which was fucked up. Yeah, I
0: don't want to talk about that. That I was, I like, did the miss worst in the book, too. It was so yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. It was so Stomp graphic in the book. You yeah. oh, never can't. go I'm there. I was, yeah. I was more invested in the fact that he did not kill the cat. Like, I didn't I know. first time I saw the movie, I was like, don't like, no, kill the cat. Shoot the cat. Don't
4: the cat. You dare no, no, not no, fucking kill this cat. cat. Yeah. such a cute cat, too. <laughs> I know. I was like, I wouldn't. Yeah.
1: No, you... No, yeah, but he fucked up when he killed the dog and shit. Like, dude, John Wick killed, yeah. like, 300 motherfuckers because
0: oh, a dog. you yeah. killed his dog, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of remember in the book he is, like, so overtly racist when he talks about the homeless
8: yeah. guy. It was like, ugh. It was just really and gross. Sexist, but... misogynist, xenophobic, yeah. homophobic, yeah.
6: racist. I mean, he was every horrible thing. He was a horrible piece of shit. You know, but it, it almost sounds like somebody that was president. in charge. Sorry, it almost sounds like somebody that was in charge for the last...
8: Four years,
2: yeah, right, <laughs> uh, but like his
8: show, uh, he got fired he and happy? uh, canceled, Woo. so uh, yeah, Woo. uh, Mac.
7: So, um, I mean, I feel like that stuff in the street with the cops, ex- uh, cars exploding that was probably more of a like his break because he was out and about, but the murders. Like uh, the apartment, no one opening the doors. Is like Erica said, you know, people sometimes want to mind their business. And the realtors, I could see covering stuff up, cleaning that body up. It's in a nice area. We're trying to get that sale. Some murders, I believe he did it. He was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: was America,
7: psycho. But when he was running through the street, that was more probably him being out in the street having a, a mental break, not. Being in tune with what's going on in reality. And that confession was probably a true confession. Like, yo, I killed all these people. And like Rob said, America, especially New York in the 80s, they don't care about nothing but money and Coke.
2: That's right. (laughs) And
1: they're all on fucking fucking Coke. They still are (laughs) motherfuckers. And
8: I guess at this point, we're going to have to start doing our reviews. Uh, so we can start uh, just kind of giving our it is good to take so while to do reviews. So I'm gonna start us off. Um, theory or not uh, the the movie is an enjoyable watch. It's something that you think about uh, definitely afterwards. Uh, and, and you and you do start theorizing and you do start like noticing things with each rewatch. Uh, this is one of those few films where I'm like, please don't read the book. Um, it, it, it's it's Brett Easton Ellis is just not a good writer, but he has good ideas. Okay, so this is a great idea. I I enjoy the film. Um, I just, I like to theorize about it. I like to think about it. I like things that make me think. So I enjoy it for that. So I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Huey Lewis song's now that on the soundtrack. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, uh, even though that's uh, the most iconic scene. And Sam doing his little dance and hit to be square and you know, and him Which theorizing he improvised.
2: about him. Which
8: yes, he improvised. He did. Yeah. He did improvise that. So yeah, so I've and Huey Lewis songs not out on the soundtrack. Uh, but yeah, um, it's it's really a, a fantastic film. Um I I like that uh, they had a woman direct it. Mary Heron, yeah. I think, did a great job. I do wish I didn't maybe need every single bit of the violence from the film of the book in the film because some of it I just no thank you but uh, but they could have amped it up it, I felt like they kind of they, they played it down because of the controversy of the book um, so yeah that's why it's a 9 I would have been a 10 if they had maybe amped it up a little bit and did not been afraid I'm like if you're going all these fucking places you can go here a little bit at least you know you don't have to worry about my fucking feelings. I know what I'm watching. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that's my review. Uh, who is next? I was. Uh,
1: um I'm going to give it a one out of ten. This is a giant pile of fucking garbage. Uh, I hated this movie. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm just
5: kidding. I'm just kidding. I I'm knew just you kidding. I
8: was like, there is no fucking way. Even though you're a harsh critic, you would never give anything a one except Hard Rock I was about Zombies. about
5: to say, oh if yeah, and this, this got, got better than Hard fucking, fucking Video Dead, Dead. Jesus.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, I would definitely give it a nine and a half out of ten. Wire hangers. Um, <laughs>
2: um,
8: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely share your sentiments Candy. About, uh, I, I wish they had gone farther. You know, with the, the violence. You know, you, you you're sitting there putting all this fucking crazy just out of uh, asinine shit in there. You might as well just go all the way with the fucking blood and guts, you know. Right. That was the, the most tamest thing, except when he blew that security guard's brains on the wall and shit. That was funny. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you yeah. Blink and you
8: miss
1: it, though. You yeah. Know. Yeah. But, um. But other than that, uh, yeah, I I think this movie is fucking amazing. Uh, especially Christian Bale. Uh, I mean, I know we touched on him, but uh, he deserves all the credit in the world for delivering one of the best performances. Like he is really just like he perfectly embodies this character, and it's and it's weird too because like you know when you when you deliver a performance as iconic as the one he does in this movie, you know it, you you get that fear of being typecast, you know, and like you know you think that oh he's gonna end up playing fucking bad, which is the reason why he didn't want to play the bad guy in Shaft because you know he you know he didn't want to be pigeonholed as the kind of like you know, but he, he was great in that. Yeah, he was yeah. great in that too. You Even
8: though the
1: movie is? wasn't as great as the original, but we'll of talk about it another time. Uh, of course not. Of course not. Nothing will ever be with Richard Brown. Call you
8: that? Richard, Richard up
1: For the win. Yeah. Thank you. Like that that that, that Shaft movie had me believing Jeffrey Wright was a fucking Dominican and shit for bad years. <laughs> you
2: were interesting,
6: <laughs> motherfucker mother Shaft.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they call right me now. people's
6: and Yeah. <laughs>
1: Do so, yeah, you know yeah.
6: why they call me back? Because you take care of your peoples. <laughs> no,
1: no, but uh, yeah, Christian Bale I think is the the shining star of this fucking movie. Uh, but and also credit to Mary Heron, who who directed. Um, she did a phenomenal job. The, this movie is and that's just well, so well put together. You know, she should have gone on to so much bigger and better things. You know, with the. The the just the absolute beautiful work she provided for this movie, you know. But you know, shit happens. Obviously, but she pissed
8: the feminists off by actually doing this film. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like
1: how dare you? How dare you?
8: You you can be a feminist. I'm a feminist, and I I I can get into this shit, you know. So it's better held in the hands of a woman to do this story. I think. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's it's kind of like Catherine Bigelow, where it's just like they handle certain elements. With more care than, than a male director, especially when it's you know a very details. Male, yeah, a very very you know masculine type of like you know with Catherine Bigelow in uh, Point Break, you know the way she handled the masculine the masculinity of that whole movie was just yeah. such extra uh, attention and detail, you know what I'm saying? But so uh, the
8: details, mm-hmm. yeah. we're good but, at that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but definitely a 9.5 out of 10 wire hangers. This movie is fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, thank,
8: thank, thank you. Thank
6: you. Thank uh,
8: you.
6: Nico. All right. So I'm always the generous one, I feel like, pretty much on this one. So this is going to get 10 out of 10 business cards for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> With the sword uh, sounds. <laughs>
6: i mean come on christian Christian bale is fucking perfection in this movie like this i you know yes leo could have done this yes you and mcgregor it it wouldn't have been the same Uh, it it would they wouldn't have done it as well as christian bale does but christian bale fucking gives it his all yes he pretty much puts the whole movie on his shoulders and he runs with it plus you you know we kept bringing it up. People forget. Like this actually has like a very good supporting cast of people, like with Reese Witherspoon and Chloe mm-hmm. Sivany yes. and Josh Lucas and fucking even Justin Thoreau who went on to. I love him yeah. in like Charlie's Angels, uh, Full Throttle. I thought he was a great villain in that. Jared
8: Leto's you know, in he, it. Uh, I love Jared Leto's
6: in it. it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like this, and and Willem Dafoe. We barely talked about his in this
8: Friday I movie. fucking love Willem Dafoe and everybody. You know what I mean? Oh, so
6: you know, credit to Mary Heron for creating such a masterpiece of a film. Um, mm-hmm. this is easily in one of like my this is one of my, my favorite horror movies. Even though it's not it's it's like borderline horror for me I feel like it's more of like a psychological
8: yeah, but dark you know, comedy. I use the video store mentality when I classify because I worked in video stores for so long. Um, they would stick this in the horror section, so I just
6: go yeah, by that. right. Oh, and, I mean, and I and I get that it is a horror movie, but like I, I mean, it's it's almost like it's kind of like Devil's Rejects, where like it, it kind of rides like the wire of like maybe not being so much a horror movie and and more of like just a psychological dark comedy. There's it, a it, definitely, a definitely at this point, yeah. But, but this movie, like, kind of like you know masterfully blends all the, the different genres and into, into this one film you know the, the the batshit crazy scene at the end with him you know going to hey, shit with the gun you know mm-hmm. did he do it did he not do it we discussed it but you know i feel like this is one of those movies where it's like pulp fiction where you know what's in the briefcase it's great yeah. that it's up for interpretation that you can discuss it later
2: mm-hmm.
6: on you know, this is this is such a oh, I, I just think it's a masterpiece. I mean, like I said earlier, if it, if it wasn't for this movie, I don't think I would have bought Christian Bale as as Batman when when the time mm-hmm. came for him to don the owl and the cape. Um, you know, plus the, the soundtrack's fucking amazing.
2: No, all, on it, it's but,
8: and they went with the yacht rock bullshit that I hate of the 80s like you know, for me with 80s like, you gotta give me some Motley Crue and the cars and the B-52s and shit but you know no. it's, it's for what it is and it was appropriate for that toast. Sis, sis
1: don't be dunking on Susudio <laughs> I will
8: absolutely my, my dad
1: will come and get you he still, my mom will
8: come and get me she's he, fucking scary He's, he's still <laughs> pissed at
1: me for breaking his fucking record like thirty something years ago. I broke Susudio, his twelve inch Susudio. Studio. He related he's,
8: to my mother. And
1: he's still fucking pissed. He's still mad. Like, shit
8: like that
1: too. He's still pissed at my mom too. Like you let him break my fucking record. She's you mad. Broke my, the
8: dresser, her <laughs> you broke my Susudio. album Dude,
1: Final. Pop, what the fuck are you mellowing out to Susudio for and shit? You know, just <laughs> jam, bro. Leave pops alone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. No, check this out, though. The one time I was in the I was in the crib years ago, and they were playing American Psycho, and they were playing that scene. I was like, hey, Pop, come here. Look, they're playing your jam. And he was like, the fuck is this? I was like, oh, but look, like, they're playing Susudy. He's like, come on. I don't want to watch this
6: kid. Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll
6: wrap this up, I promise. Sorry, I Dad. Sorry. That's all right. Um... One of the things I think is brilliant too, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, is the fact that like Patrick Bateman as as a character kind of embodies uh, both like in, in my mind the way I see it like Michael Myers and and Hannibal Lecter, but as a Ted Bundy yuppie, really because he's such an emotionless you know blank slate, but he's charming as fuck on the on the surface, and you know most serial killers at, at their core are very charming, right? They're very like charming individuals too. You know, mm-hmm. it, this isn't like a caricature of of a serial killer. Like it's like, what if somebody who had it all kind of, you know, really snapped and decided to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to kill everybody." You know, and again, it's just, it just, it just goes to the brilliance of Christian Bale of how he he played the character. And, and you know, if not, I don't think we would have another horror icon to discuss, and a different one at that. This is a very different horror icon. True. Yeah.
1: Also, also in that. The also, in that scene when he was killing the cops, he was showing off his fucking equilibrium skills. Oh. <laughs> go get him, Cleric John Preston.
2: Go get him.
6: <laughs> yeah, um, for me, 10 out of 10 business cards. There you go. Awesome. That's, that's great, Nico. Great review. Uh, Ian.
8: Uh,
9: right, so I fucking love this movie. This movie is yeah. 10 out of 10, reservations at Darcia. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs>
9: This... You so? <laughs> we haven't mentioned Um Yeah, no, Christian Bale is so fucking sensational in this movie. None of those other people that we've talked about could have done this anywhere near as good as him. Thank um, you. Even fine. though Ewan
8: is great, I love yeah, no, Twitter. absolutely. Like they're all better. He's my other and... husband.
1: They're of course, a... he's Mac. Agree with me. He's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi and shit. Of
6: course. That's he... what I'm saying, okay, bro, I, bro. I agree with you. <laughs> Obi <laughs> Yeah, no, this I, I got you on this one too.
8: Yeah, you know I'm saying? He might yeah, have but, pulled it off. Yeah. He so could, no, think,
6: he definitely I, could have I, pulled it off. He, he couldn't,
8: could but it wouldn't have been what we have, and what we have is perfect. Sorry, AM, but they but maybe should have
9: gotten. They maybe should have gotten Ewan McGregor to replace Mila Kunis in the seconds. If <laughs> 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 Ewan
8: McGregor was, it was top dollar, then he wasn't going to do that. He's got um, some class.
9: Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi would never... <laughs> but you know, like this movie, like we've we've talked about interpretation of this movie so much, and you know, mm-hmm. did he do it? Didn't he do it? You know, is is he is he is he got these mental disorders? Does he not have that? And everything is so open to interpretation, and I feel like that's such a fine line to balance in a movie as well. Like it's so easy for a movie to become really bad when you're leaving so much open to interpretation. Whereas here, I feel like they really walk that line really well, and it's. Uh, you're also um, you're adding in like really good comedy in this as well. That scene where you know he goes around the revolving door twice yes,
2: to, yes. to shoot the
9: janitor, you know. Um, so there's some really funny moments in here. Um, and then like you've got such an array of characters. And again, to sort echo what Nico was saying there, like there's no one really like Patrick Bateman, you know. Um, when you're talking about the the hall of fame of horror villains. Patrick Bateman's almost in like this whole sort of category on his own and yeah, there's absolutely nothing I would change about this movie. So 10 out of 10 reservations at Dorcia.
8: Awesome. You You can get reservations at Dorsia. I had to pull that off. Sorry. Lucky I (laughs) guess. They know me. me. (laughs) Uh,
5: Shaun
8: of the Dead.
5: So I can't add anything that everybody else has already added. I mean, uh, the soundtrack's phenomenal. I love Huey Lewis and the News. Uh, oh yeah, much too much too Candy Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait.
1: So, so does you know who also loves Huey Lewis and the News? Ray Parker Jr.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep um, cut. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna change the
8: neighborhood.
5: I want a new
1: drug. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, 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 bro. Sorry, no, you see that
5: look all
8: the time, and it's scary. i
5: like, I'm shut give, up. I'm talking, I'm gonna, <laughs> give, I'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 overnight bags. Oh, man. Okay.
8: <laughs> Matthew
7: Star. uh, I'm probably gonna give it a 10 out of 10 fresh white Nike pumps.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
7: keep my review like real simple. He was butt ass naked in a pair of white Nike pumps like <laughs> owned it owned it and killed that <laughs> team. so 10 out of 10 white Nike pumps hold on hold on uh,
1: we we didn't touch upon this uh Mary Heron said in the commentary that uh it, it, during his shower scene, all the women showed up on set to watch.
8: Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but when he did the scene, the scene where he was naked, except for the, the tennis shoes and the chainsaw and the blood and everything, he would walk around sad just with the sock on his dick and just like, just <laughs> chill and, hey, what's up? Made everybody uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah,
1: fuck it, might as well, you know. Rock out yeah, with Jack your... Up- <laughs> Rock out with your sock out.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, good review. I've got some high marks here. Uh, Erica? Okay, so first of all, I forgot to give a shout-out to my uh, best local buddy, David, uh, Professor David Tyler, whom I watched this with last night, and he wanted oh. to point out similarities to the French philosopher Jean Baudrillard's work. Uh simulacra and simulation which i don't want to break that book down and that theory but uh, basically all the obsession with external signifiers of wealth and success is relevant to that theory so i wanted to mention that for people who want to look into that a bit more um anyway to get to my review um I, I I have to give this 9.5 out of 10 slipping masks of sanity huh. <laughs> um, okay. excellent performances by really everyone uh, you know like pretty much everyone else has mentioned Christian Bales just awesome in this I think he's you know really the the most iconic you know <laughs> he, he gave the most iconic performance of everyone but everyone was excellent and I think Mary Heron was the best possible director for this. Um, I also do love the soundtrack for this. Most of it's not music I would listen to on my free time, but when I was prepping for the film release and reading the novel American Psycho, I was thinking, this movie needs to have true faith by new order it just has to because of yeah. the of true faith and then sure enough it's in the fucking movie i'm like yes yep. called it but uh, i i do think the the soundtrack's perfect for the film even though i'm not gonna be jamming to phil collins or you know hey. of these other artists <laughs> sorry
2: uh <laughs> no oh
0: <laughs> but yeah, my, I'm, I am docking half a point because I do wish there had been more on screen violence and gore.
2: Thank you. They didn't
0: need to take it to the level of shoving a rat in a, a woman's vagina and letting it chew its way out of Thank her. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I didn't really take it that far, but they yeah. needed to have. Yeah, I can feel like i can, yes. need more
2: blood.
1: Wait, yeah, them. exactly, Mac, exactly. What the the fuck did you do? Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, uh, wait let 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 wait, wait, wait. Hey. Iconic from the book. <laughs> the, the readers <laughs> of the book, that's
8: iconic. Uh,
1: hold on, hold on. Part. Let me let me let, let me get close up. I'm sorry. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes that, that is a memorable scene from the book and it's described in a lot of gratuitous detail yeah. and there's a lot of a lot of cannibalism in the book like he's eating people's brains and there's this great scene where he's making sausage out of one of the victims but he's lamenting the fact that he's not sure that he's gonna cook it right he might ruin the meat because a he's crying and b he doesn't know how to cook
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, sounds about right. Not not yeah. everybody not everybody could be Hannibal Lecter cooking Ray Liotta's exactly
0: brains, right? <laughs> it's like he's used to going to these really awesome restaurants. He's not used to cooking. Like Dorcia, his, I mean, <laughs> Dorcia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Um, that's a that's a good review. Wow, these are just some
8: really high high marks. Uh. Uh, We'll go to Jenna, and Dave, you're going to round us out. I give this
4: a thousand out of ten crunches. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I am sorry You did not hear either. I give this a thousand out of ten crunches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is like one of my top ten favorite movies. Um, I I love like those kind of like New York, like uh, kind of like like I'm I'm better than you and this is why and like I love the violence I love the intensity um I love every single performance in this movie I think everyone did top notch performances in this movie obviously Christian Bale really stands out but uh everyone all the supporting cast really just kind of like meshes it all into like this one really disturbing and Funny and uh, interesting movie with like mm-hmm. some of the best pacing I've ever seen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes,
4: yes. And uh, Erica, I just wanted to point out what well, what was that thing that you said in the very beginning because I thought that was actually kind of interesting and I forgot to bring it up. Um, about the uh uh was it
0: the- Eric Fromm's marketing personality?
4: Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I totally, uh, you know, as someone who went to art school and was a personal trainer, that's, they tell, they talk to you about that all the time. And that's
0: oh, a, yeah. Like, what, your
4: what's your voice that's like unique to you, but also, fits into, like, this style, you know? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. It's, I, I can see the personal training side. So, like, a quote from Fromm, because I whipped out the book, it says, his body must look youthful and healthy. It is experienced narcissistically as the most precious asset on the personality market. So, I had to read that, like, Patrick Bateman lecturing someone he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, I mean, you see so many people just, like, Oh, look at me and my happy little life on uh, Instagram. Don't you want to be like me? Yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah I, I gotta yeah. tell
8: you, I've always been the square peg. I never wanted to fit in because I'm an amateur sociologist. And um, there's, I, I, love perfume. I love beauty stuff. Anybody who sees my Instagram knows that. That I do a lot of beauty stuff. Um, but there's a perfume that I fell in love with, and it was Gucci. And I'm like, I have never owned Gucci. I didn't even want to own Gucci because I felt like that would define me. And then I would be, you know, something about me would change. But I had to have this Gucci perfume. And then I'm like, fuck, I own some Gucci stuff. Like, what does this mean? What, what's happening? And that's how this fucking branding bothers us. Because me, I never want to fit in. And I have never fit in. And I don't like to fit in. I, I want to be unique. I want to be, like, unclassifiable. But when I bought that Gucci, you know, I got that Gucci perfume, suddenly I was I could be classified. You see what I'm saying?
1: You want, it, you want to be hip to be square. <laughs>
4: ah.
8: <laughs> it is hip to be square, I'm the bro. furthest
4: thing from square there is. I, I think that actually is a really uh, interesting point because people, I mean, apparently not, but I would have thought that most people who are watching American Psycho are um, are kind of like against the grain because it's an against the grain type of movie. So it's kind of people on the outside looking in, just as I said, like um, I'd, I'd say that a lot of the uh, toxic masculinity portrayed in the film is women on the outside looking in. So I think that is kind of interesting because it's like, yeah, like, like we wouldn't, if there was a place called Dorsia and we did not see this movie, None of I would assume that none of us would ever
6: want to freaking go there. You know, uh, like yeah, you know, that's what yeah. Looking yeah. Looking i I want to I want to add to what that's you're saying though, real quick. I mean, I don't know if if it's, if it's it's the irony of
4: this I'll
2: that go
6: to kind no 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 because no, it's, it's actually going to go adding on to what you said or something that Erica said about how they they basically idolize Donald Trump. I mean, we you know what happened the past four years, <laughs> but is it is but is it ironic that like we kind of had a, a Patrick Bateman type? in the white house for four years, that was pretty much an American psycho himself. And I mean, is it ironic that like they, they worship Trump in the book and in the movie and we, we kind of got that for real.
4: I mean, I think uh, it was predictable. Yeah. Orange brick. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, I think it's horribly, horribly, disgustingly predictable for the U S to have someone like him. Really? <laughs> in office. Really? But,
2: Let's I do
4: totally that again.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do not want four That's more hilarious. years. Of, I do not want four more. Yeah. Omen three. That's yeah. exactly what we got for the last four years. I do not want that again. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
8: That
2: was,
1: that was a deep cut. Nobody got that one. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, no. So wait, hold,
8: to- hold on.
1: Hold I, on. I, want, I wanted to say, as Jenna, as a personal <laughs> trainer, what do you think of uh, Patrick's uh, workout routine?
4: Oh, it's shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: i'm gonna tell you right now that's not that's not what um uh what's his name did in the film i can tell you that a lot of it involved the
0: needle
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: oh, oh. i'm sorry to break everyone's heart <laughs> those, uh, my heart is missions. not broken his daily regimen, though, there are beauty blogs that try to replicate um, his morning skincare routine. I have a skincare
8: routine, and when I think about it too much, I start thinking about American Psycho, because like, I have days where I do my facial of, like, lactic acid to peel back my skin a little bit, and, you know, resurface it, and then on certain days, I use this kind of conditioner, and on certain days, um I have, I use, at nighttime, I use this uh, serum and moisturizer, in the daytime I use this, and if I'm puffy I use this, and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah. You guys know me. You guys know me and my skincare and my beauty and hair stuff. Like I'm obsessed with it, and it's not because I'm vain. It's because it's, I feel good, and so I, I I have to check myself. Like, am I doing this because of vanity, or am I doing this because I like how I feel when I do it? And as soon as I like how I feel when I do it, and
4: I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm lie. When he said, like, um, oh, uh, uh, alcohol dries out your face and makes you look it older, does. I stopped using it.
8: <laughs> but, yeah, it does. I, I don't use alcohol in any of my products. It's horrible for your fucking skin. And that's why everybody's like, there's no way you're 41. I'm like, bitch, I've been on a good skincare regimen for years. Mm-hmm. This is hard work. That's <laughs> true. It's but true. I don't do it for vanity. I do it because I feel good. Whatever. Dave, uh, let's have you round oh, this out because we are it- ready
0: is so it a full rating or not? I can't remember. Yeah, it
6: should have 1,000
0: out of ten. Out of, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So it was a great review. We're we're getting a really high marks.
8: Awesome. Yeah, it was <laughs> almost a perfect review, but I think I, I'm the lowest at nine. Uh, Dave, what
3: do you got for us? So would you say alcohol makes sure you look old? Does that mean when you drink it too, or? Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> Definitely.
3: Okay, so you know, me personally, this movie, I feel like the least qualified to comment on it because I watched it once ages ago on video, and then I watched it today at work to get ready for tonight. So I and I never read the book. What does it make you? I, I'm right there with oh, okay, you. Uh, no, oh, I'm a, right a different there with perspective. Um, I don't know. I I, I think that he, um, it's all in his head, but I keep going back to Fight Club. This movie uh, and and Fight Club to me keep. Connecting in my head. I have to give it like nine out of ten plastic raincoats. <laughs> <laughs> One of those films where I know I have to go back and watch it like half a dozen more times to pick out and tease out all the bits that, that make sense to me. Um, but it was everything. And um, the, it was particularly timely uh, with what we just went through as a country with the president we just got rid of. And the fact that Thank you, like, you, Jesus. And the fact that he was apparently obsessed with Trump and that whole, thing. <laughs> um, and let's never go back there again. But I'm I'm definitely going to go back and watch this a few more times to figure it all out. It's a lot. There's a lot going on in this film, and I basically i have just watched it for the first time today. So, but I enjoyed it, and it was. Um, although I thought it was interesting how, uh, yeah. like they had to cut it down to get like from an mc 17 to a, an R. And yeah. like, there was, I don't think this movie was all that bloody, but exactly. maybe because it was 20 years ago.
8: But I also think, one, is the timeliness of it. And two, the book was so scandalous because such an uproar in media what? in general what? that what? they based it off that. Like what we talked about with Psycho. Psycho still rated R. You're right.
3: It's That's- because mm-hmm. of the
8: legacy of that and it, because it was back, piggybacking off the legacy of the book.
3: And I think it, and I think it, it took that, it, it had to carry that burden with it, the burden of the book with it, where if the movie itself, if no one had ever read the book, the movie probably wouldn't have had that hard a time getting an R rating or even a PG-13. But
2: well,
4: I, I remember um, uh, my friend and I were just talking about this today. I forgot what movie we were talking about. Meet Joe Black. We we, it was weird that I think it got an R rating, and then I said, well, at the time when Titanic came out, that got an NC-17 rating. So I think yeah. like just over time, they kind of stopped caring about ratings mm. as much as they used to. Yeah. Like boobs. There's oh my leeway. God. NC 17 <laughs> Yeah.
8: There's more leeway, and um, but they're obviously puritanical about some things, you know. Uh, Hollywood is still a bit, so, you yeah,
9: know. Ian, what time is it over there? It's uh just gone three o'clock in the morning, so Jesus,
2: holy! It's sleepy
1: time
8: over here. the the midnight oil to be on (laughs) this show. So thank you so much for your time (laughs) on that. Yo,
1: (laughs) like I I remember the C B M
8: three a.m. show at
1: three a.m. I'd be like, fuck you. I remember when uh I did the dodgeball episode for Behind the Screams uh when he was signing off, he was like, yeah, I got to go hurry up and edit this episode because it's about to be like 9.30 and it was like 4 o'clock over here. I was like, Jesus
6: fucking Christ, dude.
8: (laughs) Yeah, so we just have to know that every time Ian's on the show and you know, uh, hint, hint, he will be back this season. Yes. So uh, he'll be burning the midnight oil for us again, but we're (laughs) going to be paying it back by uh, uh, completely going on behind the screens and talking too much, so yeah, He's got yeah the- like he we does. always do, and he picks the mouthiest of us.
1: Right, Ian's got the has <laughs> got the sleepy eyes, and uh, uh, Sean's got the hurry to fuck up because I, I gotta edit this two uh, over two hour episode. Exactly, yeah, on- This
5: <laughs> it is uh, already past. That's what's memory, going bro. through my head right now. I'm like, oh my god, this- okay. these motherfuckers <laughs> will shut the fuck up. <laughs>
8: so, on that note, uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> go ahead and. Uh, Bring up, uh, we do have uh, two episodes that we're recording next week. One I will not mention because uh, you'll find out when it comes out. And the second one, which is uh, a long awaited one on our show, it is Demon Night with uh <laughs> Babu, Lily Zane, who literally made me weak in the knees, which I will be repeating that story ad nauseum in that oh, episode. Classic, but story, yeah. classic story. So yes, we've, got, yeah. we've got Demon Night coming up. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. We've all been waiting for that. Yes, and, and, uh,
1: and uh, also we'll be having uh, returning guest Mike Scott from Atkins Undisputed. Yes,
8: and hopefully our internet doesn't fail this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just he said,
8: Oh my God. We
1: were, we were so embarrassed about that. He was like, I don't give a shit. I was sitting there drinking, having a good fucking time. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
8: We try to make sure our guests have fun and laugh and have a good time, even if it's three in the morning. So, everything. He yeah.
1: said, <laughs> "Y'all were worried more about that shit than I was." That <laughs> <laughs> would well, be good to have him back. oh, oh hey. yeah, yeah. He definitely he def- wants to come back. We just want to fit in. <laughs>
8: oh, <yeah>.
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> so, on that note, um, plugs. Uh, Ian, do you would you like to plug anything?
9: Uh, yeah, go check out Behind the Screams podcast. We're on Twitter at Screams Behind. Uh, check out our latest episodes. Um, literally just before I came on to this recording, we just recorded our episode on Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Ooh, uh, Ooh we so, just did his yeah. tag last week. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so please go check that out. We'll also obviously be having uh, Candy and Sean back on the show. We're going to be talking about VHS, I think we're talking
2: about. Yes. Uh, yeah.
9: And I'm going to be reaching out to some of the other guys that's on this show as well to see if they want to come on and do so. I'm going to hopefully have quite a few years on at some point or another. Um, we've also done a load of bonus episodes just now. So uh, go check out one of our latest bonus episodes where I got to interview Naomi Grossman, who you probably know best as Pepper from American Horror Story. Um, so please oh. go check that out as well. And you guys
8: um, are also involved in a bracket, right? A
9: voting. Yes. Uh, we're currently, um, the Bracketeers on Twitter are currently having a podcast tournament, um, it's basically a voting tournament where you work your way through the brackets. We're currently sitting in the final four. Yeah. So...
8: I've been voting for you guys the whole
9: time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you very much, guys. Um, so, yeah, that next one takes place on Tuesday. I think we're the final horror. Po- I think we were one of the only horror podcasts that were in there. We're the final yeah. movie review podcast. We're up against some, some sports podcast. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> ooh. Well, so, I'll,
8: I'll still be contributing my votes.
9: Awesome! Yeah, definitely, awesome. definitely. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. And yeah, big shout out to Rob as well for coming on um a bonus episode we did on on dodgeball. It was really nice to do something non-horror. I did uh, slip one quote in. We kind of had a thing that we're going to slip in or as, as many quotes from dodgeball <laughs> as
2: possible, and I
9: managed to get one. I managed to get one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a good movie,
6: though. Yeah, it really is funny as shit. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you my own
8: blood. But you know, you know the funny oh, thing, and we did mention this <laughs> earlier, uh, talking about horror. We talked about how this movie, uh, American Psycho, was kind of horror, kind of psychological thriller, but it was also funny. But the the line between comedy and horror is so fine. Yes.
9: Mm-hmm. Yes. We you know we, we talk about, about that. They're so
8: closely related.
9: Yeah, yeah we yeah. talk about that so often. You're not as well, too far what, off. You know. Of because, and and we talked about that when you came on to talk about Shaun of the Dead as well. We
8: did. We did.
9: Um, we talked about that. Oh, so
7: man, yeah, man. You're up to,
8: I, will, yeah. I would just like to personally thank you for um, all the support that you've given to our podcast, and we all really appreciate you, and uh, the team, Definitely. you know, Lucy and Lindsay. Lucy and Lindsay will also be coming on the show this season.
9: They will, so, they will. Yeah. I'm so
8: excited about I'm it.
9: i so excited. Lindsay, it'll be Lindsay's first ever guest spot on a podcast, so she's really excited. Um, yeah, we're excited to have
8: her. It's um, going to be a fun episode, too. You
9: guys doing. all love them. Um, Lindsay's significantly more outspoken than me. Sorry, Lindsay, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm sure she'll have, um, she'll have some opinions on things.
8: <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, thank you again for staying up so late. Oh, well, thank um, you guys
2: for
8: having me. Uh, we always love having you. We look forward to it. We've been talking about it for a while now. Uh, Rob, plug. Ah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I love that noise. Oh. Oh, oh, of
1: course, uh, Action Drunkies um, We uh, definitely uh, I gotta start uh, poning up, me and Matt gotta start ponying up On our second season um, Definitely have uh, a good friend Ian over here um, Gotta get uh, Brother Nico over there, and Dave And Erica, and uh, you Jenna the, I Everyone put...
2: yeah. a- Everyone Everyone <laughs>
1: So if you get an episode. You get you. an episode. And you get an episode. And I did an episode,
8: but uh, I uh, think that's coming
1: up, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it's a, a
8: good one. Everybody, yeah. I recommend it. But yeah. then again, maybe I'm biased.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. no. It was de- it was definitely a big one. But uh, yeah, it's definitely um, our most intellectual. Yeah. Ah. We, we got oh, wow, really cool
8: because nobody ever gives me credit for being smart.
1: No, we, <laughs> we, we no, we seriously got really fucking deep on that one. And, uh, yeah, yeah uh, and the, you, 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 especially the topic of discussion, it's, it's hilarious that yeah. we, we get that deep. But uh, stay tuned for that one. And, uh, yeah, uh, Action Drunkies, and, uh, of course, uh, uh, Mike Scott from Actions Undisputed, who will be joining us the, for Demon Night next week. I'm so
6: uh, excited.
1: Shout out, and, uh, of course, the shout out to all you uh, beautiful people. Uh, Ian, of course, I see Ian's falling asleep in there, so I just
2: wanted to I'm so sorry.
9: It's, it's just my face. It's fine. No.
2: <laughs>
9: but yeah, yeah so shout out to
1: everybody, and, and I love you all. And uh, that's it.
8: Oh, I love you all.
6: Um, Nico, anything you would like to plug? Um, you just find me on Twitter and Instagram at El Jafe Del Hora The boss. There it is.
8: I'm your hype man.
6: Oh, <laughs> you <shit>. definitely are. <laughs> and uh, you saw me on Facebook at Nico Nice. I'm working on some other projects now. I'll discuss them at another time when I get a little more deeper into them.
8: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh,
4: sure. So my um, Twitter is Zombie zombiewasabi. Um, and my Twitter uh, Instagram is Zombiefuton and uh, actually it's funny because last time I was on this show I plugged a movie I was going to be in and we were raising money for it but we had to cancel it because of the pandemic yeah. so yeah. now yeah. but now we are kind of back on track everyone's still game for it um, it hasn't been the Indiegogo hasn't been announced yet but the movie is Pact of Vengeance and yeah, yep, it'll be directed, produced, written, starring <laughs> Len Kabazinski. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: the icon have, himself.
4: Yep. It'll have Leo Fong, uh Matt Kuretis from uh uh Samurai Cop and John Michael <laughs> Thor. From oh Bob my God, I, John Michael I, Thor! Wow. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's exciting.
0: It's great. <laughs> so,
8: when <laughs> you get when you get your Indiegogo uh, link, make sure you let me know, and we can get that out there as
4: Definitely. well through our platforms. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Promote that, for
9: sure. Yeah, you can you can do that with us as well, and we'll put that through our platforms too. Absolutely. Yes,
4: I am going to be adding you now, anyways. So. <laughs> I just added you. I just
9: added you on Twitter. I just I mean, okay. You.
4: Perfect. <laughs>
8: Yeah, you, I know you and I like talk about cats on Instagram. So you can just like hook me up with the link in there between kitty pictures. <laughs> I see that oh, tail going. She like She is. She's yeah, like she looks so much like my baby Rhaegar. Kitty. Beans. Uh, beans. Titties. Yeah, that's my cat. Beans looks like cat. <laughs> my other cat looks like a moo cow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <that's laughs> yeah. What? He's
4: Moo cow cats are the best.
8: Oh, he's precious. He's so fat. I love fat cats. Oh the bus. cute kitty I want all the cats. I'm like that chick in that like I want every cat. But, okay. Me too. I want all of the oh, cats. Bring me every cat. Um, uh, my attempt at humor, but Rob laughed laugh. See I'm never funny on purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was answering a, I was answering a text, my bad. <laughs> no,
0: I, was, I was like, Bring me every cat. I so, I, I uh, told you that way too. I... <laughs>
8: Okay, uh, Mac, the
7: All star anything to plug? Uh, Keep it sweet. All you guys, been awesome episode. Definitely uh, the people out there in the world listening, keep listening. And uh, Action Drunkies, with my brother up here, Mm -hmm. uh, get ready for our next season coming out. It's going to be a banger of a first episode. And we got some good movies to talk about this year. Probably see a lot of uh, faces from here on to there. And uh,
8: looking forward to some martial arts. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: yeah, yeah. And uh, our brother over mm-hmm. at Actors Undisputed, Mike, yo, know, we'll be talking to him next week. So, yeah,
8: yeah. he'll be here next week. That's about speak. it. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Erica.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to plug Tim's mom. No, sorry. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but you have to explain, <laughs> <Wow. online>,
8: Erica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Tim, Tim is coming back. Nice. Season, he will be doing, uh, let's see. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's, he's coming like, back. I'll, I uh, promise you. Uh, well,
0: seriously back. though, uh, you can find me at myhorrificlife.com horrific um, on Instagram at my horrific life, where I rarely post. And also on Twitter <laughs> at my horrific, where I rarely post. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, if you love extreme horror with a lot of gore and nudity and wild occult themes, you um, can become a, a, patr- a patron of Andre Iskanov on patreon.com forward slash Iskanov. I S K A N O V. See, I'm not too drunk to spell it tonight. She did it! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love my friend Andre. He's like an amazing filmmaker who does stunning stuff on a shoestring budget, um, often filmed on his bed. And I mean, epic, like World War II scenes, not porn, filmed on his bed. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. If, I still if have you, to check uh, out Philosophy of a Knife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. 90% of that film was filmed on his bed and Hold or in shit. his kitchen. So, yeah, he, he yes. didn't have the budget to find a, a, a place with a hallway, so he created the illusion of a hallway of people walking back and forth on his wood bed because he's too poor to afford a mattress. I'm not joking about this. This I slept on that, that mattress-free bed for a, almost a month when I was in Russia a couple years oh, ago. Oh, no.
8: Oh, my God. Uh, my but, back's hurting. You know, thinking about it. Yeah.
0: And, and if the you know, if quarantine and travel bans let up, I want to go back this year because I'm crazy. Did you know I'm insane? Yes. Nice. <laughs> you know I'm utterly insane. insane. I like to dissect girls. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and make your jokes, Mr. Jokey.
2: Joke maker, the I've
4: totally seen Philosophy of a Knife. That you have. Also, not, not, oh, not a What, what you think of it? I'm just
2: curious because it's
0: very, it's a very divisive film. Like people, I typically- love.
4: I love art house films and I love gore. So it was like is it's a good mix. (laughs) When we do our Andre Eskodov special, we
8: can we can tap on you, right? We can be like, Hey Jenna, come in and talk about Philosophy of a knife, right? Oh, like 500%. Uh,
4: all right. I'm so
8: happy to hear sure. this. That, that's in the works. is, is, is doing uh, that. So I will uh, get in touch
3: with you about that. Okay, perfect. Okay, uh, Dave? Yeah, nothing for me personally, but um, I just wanted to say so everyone should reach out to, you know, My Horrific Life and uh, Action junkies, and uh, Behind the Screams, because I, I follow all these guys on, on, on Twitter. Um, and I, I wanted to say that um, one of the things that being on this podcast has afforded me is the um, the impetus to, like, these films that I'm not as familiar with, to, like, research them and watch them and read about them. And the more you learn yeah. about the films, the more you appreciate sort of the intricacies and uh, the nuances behind them. And I think that's a good thing for all of us. Like, the more we learn about everything, the more we can appreciate Everything, the, the nuances and everything, and and I like that, that I, I come into this like a film like today that I saw like once, and I, I, now I know more I know more about it. I, I can appreciate it more, and I think that's a good lesson for all of us. Like, the more we learn about any one thing, the more we can appreciate it.
8: Well, I mean, I got I got a hand it to you guys. Like, I had no respect for Jason Voorhees, but now I do, so I can thank you guys for that because oh. I was so in Team Freddy, which I still am. You can't convince me otherwise, but I do appreciate the Friday Thirteenth films more. So you know, it does change things. You know, having yeah, these discussions.
3: Here.
8: Yeah, the more, kind of, of, the
3: more you learn, the more you know about stuff, and and, just,
8: and hearing other people's viewpoints on these films definitely gives you like, hmm, I need you know, to watch that again. And, and,
3: and it's a not aggressive. It's it's very accepting. I, I love I love the horror community, and I love learning more about these films. I just love it. Yeah,
8: mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's so fun. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. It,
3: it really
2: you.
8: does. Ooh. Well, we can't talk about that. Yeah, That's a whole it, fucking no. episode of me just, <laughs> and just me talking in that episode. I hate it so much. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, for me, uh, I'll try to be easy. Uh, here. Uh, candy the Final Girl on Instagram. It's just a weird mix of things because I don't want separate accounts because I'm lazy. Uh, I'm, I'm the social media queen for the show so when you're interacting with us on Twitter which is at house underscore screams you are talking to me and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, my Instagram Final Girl. you're going to find beauty stuff because I do some uh, beauty campaigns and uh, now hair and, uh, and you'll see cats I let my kids do their own social media because they're all older so uh, I don't usually post a lot of pictures of my kids. Uh, But yeah, so stuff like that, and uh, (laughs) stab it! Um, They're they're battling through text, listeners. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm also on the Slasher Network, which is a horror app uh, which has been evolving to improve some of the bugs that they had previously. Um, We do have a lot of fans on there. Thank you guys uh, on Slasher. I'm also Katie, the final girl on there. So uh, I do have a blog, but I haven't written on it in so long because most of the stuff I write, I give to Behind the Screams. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty much the person who writes all the 80s horror. Uh, I, I write all 80s horror and just hand it over. So
9: And we thank you for it. <laughs> well,
8: you know, somebody's got to be the, the cheese ball of the 80s. I guess that's my job. Touché. <laughs> the golden eggs of tits and ass and gore. I love all these things. <laughs> all right, but thank you guys so much for a great conversation tonight. I had so much fun and we better let Ian get some sleep. And uh everybody, no. thank you so much and I always have fun and I appreciate all the hard work you guys do.
1: We love this you and is- miss you, Sean. Yeah.
8: Love you. Yeah, love his phone guy he was out here. Good night, guys. Love yeah, you, man, take like, care. See you I'll soon. You soon. Later. Bye. Bye. Hey, bye. Bye.